<laughs> and I hope you're counting only the young people. <laughs> Praise God. Let us, let us sing Blessed Assurance and then we shall open a scripture. I'm asking how many we are. 40? How many were we last year? Huh? Who remembers how many were we last year? Huh? No. Brother Ivan, you had a more accurate number. How, how, which number was that? Sorry? You are not sure. I think we're 37. That's why you're saying about 40. So we've not changed much. Uh, we have brother Kansime. He's an older brother. He's not a youth, although he believes he's a youth. So he's a youth to this evening. Praise God. <laughs> and uh, he's a good friend from uh, Restored Bible Faith Tabernacle. Is that the name? Restored Faith Tabernacle from Chikaya. Uh, so we're happy to have you today, as well as, uh, uh, I'm seeing my sister here who also now has decided to be a youth. God bless you. Thank you for coming. As well as, of course, the two sisters that are joining us from the other assembly. So uh, how many are expecting to have a wonderful time? Amen. So can we sing Blessed Assurance together? So since this is a youth meeting, don't sing it like old people. Sing it like young people. <laughs> Put in your youth. Your youth, your strength. Brother, do you have the song up? Yes. Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Let your voice be the machines now. Hair of salvation. Purchase of God, we are born of His Spirit, and we are washed in His blood. Everybody now, oh, this is my story, this is my song, praising, we are praising thy Savior, oh, Praising, praising my Savior over perfect now, perfect submission, perfect daylight. Well, you can grab your hands, you'll be so nice. Visions of rapture now passed on my side. Above echoes of my mercy, whispers of love. This is my story. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior. 
are praising, praising my, savior. my Savior. Oh, that perfect, perfect submission. Oh, all is at rest. Oh, I in my Savior, I am happy and blessed. Watching, watching and waiting, bring from above. Oh, yes, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story. This is my story. Amen. This is my song. We are praising, praising. Savior, oh, that oh, this is my story, this is my story, we are praising, praising, praising my Savior, praising my Savior. Praise God. Well, we can sing and sing and sing, but we don't want to make this a, a singing service. We want to straight away go to our business. Let us go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 4. We have a lot to deal with, and we want to make sure we handle everything. Hebrews, chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, verses 4. Praise God. Can we all read that verse together? One, two, three, go. Okay, some we are reading it, maybe, and then when they find some part which is a bit difficult, they stop a bit, and then they start again. Let us read it uniformly together without stopping. One, two, three, go. Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed and the fire, but warmongers and adulterers, God will judge. Amen. You may be seated. So I want to greet you all in the precious name of Jesus. Uh, this is our youth meeting, number two. We've had the first one last year. We were gathered about, I think, 30. Uh, we don't remember the number. Nobody recorded, but maybe 36, 37, something like that. And I'm told there are more than 40 others have just joined in. So uh, this meeting is very important because... Uh, in schools, they usually have uh, what they call senior teachers. What else? Huh? Senior teachers and what else? Please. I don't know why I'm not getting that. 
counselors. Yeah, senior teachers and counselors to be able to speak to the young people. And then, uh, I don't know, I don't, um, I think I attended one of those kind of meetings, but usually in our school they used to separate girls and boys. And then I don't know what they were telling girls that, they, that the boys did not need to hear. But uh, in our meeting here at the church, we, we bring all of them together because we believe that the word of God can give us instruction that will help both of us together. And uh, really, myself, I do not, although some, especially when they hear me teaching, they have considered me to, I had one brother, he called me, he said, ah, brother, I think you were a teacher. I said, uh, you don't know what you're talking about. I don't consider myself a teacher, really. Uh, so um, there is a brother that really has a good teaching gift. Um, he has minister, his ministry has really been a blessing to me in, in that regard. Uh, he's uh, from uh, Ireland, Ireland. How many of you remember him? Brother, uh, what's his name? Yes? I wanted to see that whether you remember or not. His name is Brother Andrew Marai. How many remember that? In COVID? Yes, you remember. How many remember him preaching to us, teaching? If you, if you missed out, you can go back on the... I don't remember whether it is on this channel or on the first channel we're using, but he is a very, is a, a very good teacher of the message. And I think that... Uh, him speaking to us can be a good blessing or you hearing him teach. So I'm intending one of these days to invite him and I believe uh, his ministry can be a blessing to us. But meanwhile, uh, I'm your pastor and God has given me grace to be able to uh, be here and I, I, when I see something going wrong, I need it to be corrected. I want to guide you. I want to make sure that things are done correctly. And uh, we know that we are a younger congregation starting out and there's a lot of marriages that are, are going to come out, but you see, it has to come out taught right. Most of your attention is now going to the other brothers. Why don't you keep your attention here? Brother Joel, specifically yourself. God bless you. Because I, I, I want, I have this bunch of questions Part of it is talking about relationships and marriage. Part of it is just doctrinal. So, because of time, I will not go in details of bringing out every scripture on each. Some I'll just give an answer. And uh, if you feel not satisfied, you can meet me and then I, I, I put more context to it. But um, I felt I needed to deal with this subject of marriage and a subject of fornication. And I want to deal with it according to the message. And that by the time we walk out of here, each of us will know what we are expected of. How we are expected to do it. Even to some of you who are still younger and not ready for marriage, you need to know. So that you need to know how do we do it. Do we do it like everybody else? Or do we have a different way that we do it? You understand what I'm saying? So I, I, uh, if you're going to keep quiet, I would say nothing. You need to answer me. Do you understand what I'm saying? Amen. Amen. So we started out with Hebrews 
It says marriage is honorable in all. Now, if you are married, you are going to be honored. Anybody who is married will be honored. Even marriage in itself is honorable. Now, I'm not going to talk about the subject of marriage in its deeper talk about uh, relationships and all that, how we are supposed to handle uh, as believers. But marriage in itself is honorable. Um, if in, in some circles, this thing needs to be reduced. I don't know. Can someone help me come and uh, reduce this? Ah, I figured it out. So, um, in some circles, when people talk about marriage, others, I'll give you, I'll begin with this example. There is a younger man, one time, I think I was married, but uh, married maybe for about three years. So I met this younger man. And uh, I told him, brother, you are working? He said, yes. I said, brother, you are of age. You are now almost going to 30 years. He said, yes. It is true. Why do you even mind? I said, brother, I think you should think about marriage now. He said, look at this one. We are thinking about, we are praying about getting the Holy Spirit. You are telling us about marriage. What is wrong with you? Eh? We should be talking about deeper things of God and you, you are bringing marriage. Why are you, bring, why are you people carnally minded? What is wrong with you? Eh? Even you, a minister, would have expected you to know better, but you are telling me kind of things. That brother was caught red-handed fornication. You are now quiet. So the question is, was he spiritual or was he carnal? So sometimes when you don't think about marriage, you are carnal. You find people growing, especially boys. Growing 25 years, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33. You know Jesus died at 33. So by the time you reach 33, you are, you are getting expired almost. But that's not the point. The point is this. By the time you are of age, 18 years, even the law of Uganda tells you by the time you become 18 years and above, you are fit to get married. Did you know the laws of Uganda allow you to get married at uh, 18 years? Did you know that? How many is tired here today? How many have eaten something and uh, you are not so bad off? So please, respond to me. I'm not preaching. We are talking. We are having a conversation together. So, what was I saying? Someone reaches 18 years, according to the government of Uganda, you are fit to get married or to marry. How many are 18 years and older here? Raise up your hand. Please, if you are, kindly. I'm asking you to raise up your hand. Okay. According to Uganda, you can marry. According to Uganda, you are fit for marriage. But not according to the laws of God. The laws of God is, requires other things which we will look at. But uh, according to Uganda, you are fit for marriage. Now, how many are 17, uh, 17 and below? Raise up your hand. Raise up. 
up, up, up. One, two, three. Now, according to Uganda, you cannot marry. So, according to our laws in this country, it's not good for you to plan marriage now. So, if you are in any relationship, you, you, there is something wrong. You understand? So, according to Uganda, okay? Now, when we come to the ways of God, um, marriage, he says, is honorable. Marriage is honorable in all. And he says the bed undefiled. Meaning, if you go to bed with someone that is not your wife or your husband, that bed is defiled. You yourself, you are defiled. We think that defilement, what is defilement? Can someone explain to me what defilement is? A good student. A good student. This is our small retreat here. Please, a good student, come and define for us what defilement is. Ah. I'll pick someone at random. Don't let me pick you. Don't let me pick you. Huh? Brother Samuel, come. Come and, def and define for us what defilement is. What is defilement? Do you know what it is? Because I don't want to embarrass you. You have heard of it. So what is defilement? Okay. For me, defilement, I understand it as... Okay. Okay. Like, I'm just going to give a scenario. Okay, okay. Defilement is like destroying, uh, like, let me say, destroying your, let me say, your body with, using, okay, <laughs> using, okay, by having these things of sex, what? I thought, Sir Phoebe, you are going to answer this question. Uh, brother, have you failed? I have not failed. You have not failed. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> How many understood the easy explanation of defilement? No one understood. <laughs> I want a sister who can help him. A sister. Sister Gift. Yes? Uh huh. Esther. What is defilement? Yes. These are strong words. But according to school, this is true. Not so. Engaging into affairs, let me call it that way, when you are below 18 years. But according to God, you have engaged in defilement if you are not married. Do you understand? It's not, according to God, it's not age. According to God, it's when you are not married and you engage into such affairs, you have defiled yourself. If you are 17 years unmarried, according to God, it's all right. But if you are not married at 17 and you engage into such affairs, you are defiling yourself and defiling uh, uh, the, the bed. But then he says, warmongers and adulterers, God will judge. Someone, I said, if you are 17 and said, ah, what, what are you meaning? That uh, if you are 17 years, according to the Bible, you can't marry? Who says that you can't marry if you are 17? 
Well, do you know that there are some countries who accept people to marry at 15? So, can they not marry? In our country, it's not ac accepted as a government rule. But according to some other countries, they can even put it higher or lower. It depends on, on the country. But according to the ways of God, the laws of God, it is when you are married. When you are married, if you are not married, you are defiling yourself. You are a warmonger and you are an adulterer or a fornicator. And he says, God will judge. So, there is no good words I have about fornication today. And I wanted to talk about it, about fornication in itself. And then we shall get into these questions. Because this is um, one of the biggest temptation that uh, is with the young people. Me, when I understood it when I was the time young, I decided myself to keep away from it. Now, I'm going to read you a few scriptures together with you. I'll tell you to open. You open. We read quickly. We go to another one. Let's go to Matthew. Chapter 15, verse 19. Are you there? If you're there, say amen. For out of their heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. So where does fornication come from? Out, out of where? Out of their heart. Not every type of heart. A heart that has not been born again. A heart that has not been filled with the Holy Spirit. A heart that has not been changed. Now, there are certain things you can do. Please give me attention kindly. I'm requesting. There are certain things you can do and you say it was a mistake. I did not mean to do it. For example, like what? Like what? Yes? Something you will do and you say, ha, it was a mistake. Yes, sister. When you are seeing something, stealing something, you can steal something and say, you did not mean to do it. Like, for example, like what? Stealing like what? A car. <laughs> yes, my sister. When you lie. Huh, like which kind of lie? Hey. Yes, you come home late. Mommy asks you, yes. Yes. You say that you have been at a responsible place so that you will fear to be punished. Uh, when do you think of doing that? That moment... Oh, by the time you were coming, you were planning it all along. You plan it. Uh-huh, you see. So that's not a, a mistake. Okay? So I want you to tell me something you can do that is bad by mistake. Yes. Throw down someone by mistake. Yes. Maybe you are walking and then, you, 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 know, you, you know, you trip over something and then you push someone by mistake and ha, they fall down. And then you say, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. Right? That's a, a honest mistake. Yeah, that is a very good example now. You see, it's a honest mistake. But also there are certain sins you can do by mistake. For example, like what? Yes, my sister. Huh? Like abusing. 
Aha. Uh -huh. For example, give us an example. <laughs> you know, someone, someone slaps you. And then you slap back. And then you say, hey, I'm sorry. Eh? Or maybe someone speaks at you and then uh, yet they are bigger than you. And you also want to speak back. And then, eh, what was I going to do? Say, I'm sorry. You see? But even, even if you've not done it, but you almost did it. So it is almost done. It's a mistake. Now, there are many things you can do. Even others which we have not mentioned, really. Even in some, circ some, some circumstances, it's unfortunate. Even you can tell a lie by mistake. Certain lies. Not every type of lie. Sincerely, by mistake. When you did not mean it or plan it, but somehow you are caught in a, in a rock and a hard place and you have no way to, to come out of it, then you end up saying, ah, then you realize, ah, by the way. Like Brother Burnham, for example. Brother Burnham, he, was, he had not paid tax. So he was in a house, and uh, the tax people called him, and uh, ha, he saw the call. He knew, I have not paid. I have not. These people are going to ask me for money. So he says, he, he, he quickly runs out of the house, and he tells his wife, pick it up and tell them I'm not at home. I'm not in the house. Was he in the house? No. no. <laughs> so <laughs> it was a very honest lie, right? <laughs> so the sister called, picked up the phone. He said, he's not in. <laughs> he's not in the house so now but the heart smote him within him he said I lied to that, to that man he, and then when they brought him a child or children or a child who was sick to pray over at his home as he was going to pray the spirit of God spoke to him he said but you are a liar I cannot hear your prayers you are a liar ha. he said he told the person the parent of the child I'm sorry I can't pray for your child now but later so he picked up his, his car and drove to this place where, to the man where he was. And he said, I'm sorry, sir. When you called at home, I was actually in the house. But I had to go out and I asked my wife to lie on my behalf. I'm really sorry. I lied. And the man said, Mr. Branham, I've trusted you all these years. But what you have done has made me trust you more. You see, uh, it was a lie, but by mistake. But it was a lie still. You can even say he was not inside the house. So it was not a lie. How many times have we told such lies? And then we thought God will cover it up, no problem. You see, you have to be honest with God. Now, why did I say that? There are certain th things you can do by mistake. And you didn't mean to do them, but it, you do it anyhow. And then you repent later. But there are certain sins you cannot do by mistake. One of them is fornication. Are you following me? You cannot fornicate by mistake. By all means, you, it cannot happen by mistake. You see, he said it is a matter of what? Of the heart. It proceedeth out of the heart. You see, in your heart you plan it. In your heart you envision it. In your heart you even plan the day, the time, the place, everything. It begins there. You look at a person, you, 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 you lust after them. And yet the, the Bible says that the moment you lust after someone, you have already committed a doubt with them in your heart. But for you, you do it and you're not condemned. When you come in the church, the word is going on, you, you don't repent of it. It means you are not ready to correct your way. So you see, sin, please listen. Sin begins in the heart. Things like fornication, sins like fornication, begins in the heart. It is a matter of the heart. And the reason why I'm bringing this foundation, 
is because I don't want you to be surprised on the next scriptures we are going to read on fornication, what the Bible say, speaks of it. Mm -hmm. Are you following? Are you following? I hope there is no fornicator here because you are quiet. I'm not preaching because you are fornicating. I'm preaching because I don't want you to fornicate. So, if you are so quiet, you will surprise me. Eh? Are you listening, church? So, things like fornication, you don't do it by mistake. You plan it. Eh? Brother, I don't want to use an example because it may happen to you. So, brother so-and-so is there. He begins he looking at someone. He begins imagining now. I wish this and this and that would happen and this and that. And then he puts all that thing in his head, in his heart rather, and he begins to fantasize about it. When he's sleeping, he thinks about it. And eventually it, ha it happens as a dream. And then you see that dream. You know, for the devil to overpower you, he will come in that realm of dream. He will first overpower your subconscious when you are sleeping. And then when you wake up, you are like, ha. Ah. That God, I've seen her in my dreams. You will even begin to spiritualize it. It means God has given her to me. And then you, you begin to fantasize it. You begin to fantasize the whole thing. And then the next moment, you begin asking, can I have your contact there? That is why I come to that point to tell you that any younger man asking for your contact is potentially a criminal. Is any younger man, you brother, you know yourself, if you're asking a girl for a contact before you talk to your pastor, it is a sign that you are on your way to fornication. That spirit is hunting you. Why? Who knows? We've seen many of them. You ask for this one is contact, this one is contact, this one is contact. You have like 10 sisters you are chatting with back and forth. And each of them, you are not making any substantial move. The sister is there waiting patiently. For her, maybe she's honest. She's thinking this brother could be the real deal that I was praying for. But the brother has never been the real deal. The brother has another spirit in him. His heart is moving over him. The moment, and you see, you, you even look at the time he is texting you. It is in the weird hours of the night. The brother, other things are going over his mind. He's fantasizing. Maybe he dreamt even about you. He will tell you, I dreamt of you. And then you're like, what did you dream of you? Yeah, I saw this and that. He will try to smear it around. No one has a business of dreaming about you before they get the proper license to begin courting you. Now, we talk these things. After we talk it, then you go and do it. And then they say we don't teach you correctly. Let me tell you. This is what is happening in this generation that we are living in. It is very difficult, by the way. It is more difficult than it was 10 years ago. It is beca increasingly becoming more difficult because, you see, technology is bringing the world in one place. In just a moment, you can talk to anybody anywhere. And there is even no boundaries. There, there is no boundaries of bedrooms. There is no boundaries of... Because, I mean, you can just do a video call with somebody. You know, they see my bedroom. No one will ever know. It's just on the internet somewhere. You see? And, and these things, you see, what is happening? The devil is cooking you up for something. You see, the whole time this is going on, you come in the church, they preach against it, and you, you feel like a bit of a, a nudge in you. Ah, maybe that was wrong. Oh, God, forgive me. You come here, you repent. And then uh, you go back and begin from where you stopped. Because in your heart, you are not right with God. You know that song which says, if my heart is right when he calls me, if my heart is right, I will hear. 
So you can't hear the voice of God because your heart within you there, inside you are not right with God. You see, there is something pushing you to do wrong. You know it, but you are not willing to correct it or to undo it. And then from there, your heart is pushing you and then you continue the conversation and eventually an opportunity presents itself. There are some of you who have not even done this act simply because you have not found an opportunity. But if an opportunity presented itself, oh my God, oh my God, you yourself, you know, you would be in tatters. So, but what causes it? This is something which can easily be aborted. The Bible speaks about sin. And it says, you see, sin is conceived like a pregnancy, like you conceive a, a pregnancy, you know, like a woman conceives a child in the womb. Sin is conceived. Uh, it begins as a desire. It says that God does not tempt any man. But a man is tempted by his own what? By his own lust. This scripture is in the book of James. If you want it, brother, you can put it up for us on the screen. A man is tempted by his own lust. You lust after, uh, you know, the girl or the boy. These days, even girls are lusting after boys. Brother Banham said in one of the quotes, uh, if a woman dresses, uh, uh, you know, half naked, you know, men will lust after her. But if a man dresses half naked, meaning wearing a short, uh, he has like uh, easy... Easy um, legs are like, um, how did he call it? Like iron bars or things like that. He says no one will, will last after it. But I'm telling you things are changing. That quote is uh, old. Things are changing. Yeah? You, you, if you, you, some brothers here came in, in shorts, you would find sisters uncomfortable. Because things are changing. It did not used to be the case. It, it used to be that uh, boys, even in secondary schools, boys were going in shorts. Not so. But things are changing now. You see, girls these days, they also lust after boys. Seriously, and seriously, I'm telling you. They even ask for their contacts. You find a sister asking you, brother, can I have your contact? And you gladly give it, and vice versa. That is already a wrong act. The moment someone asks for your contact from the blue, it is already a red flag. It is already a red flag. I'm telling you, brethren, it is already a red flag. If you are talking, now all of you who have phones, you know. If you are talking to a sister, or sister, let me tell you. If a brother is talking to you currently, and they are not aware whether their father or their pastor is aware that they are talking to you, it is a red flag. It is most likely that that younger man is going to lead you into trouble. So, I'm telling you, that's a red flag. Because this person, all the things are happening secretly. He may even lie to you. My pastor is already aware. I talked to him. Confirm yourself. Confirm. Go to that pastor. Or go to your pastor and tell them, by the way, brother so-and-so, brother Dixon from DVF contacted me. And he said that his pastor is aware. Are you aware? Your pastor will say, no, I'm not aware. Okay, I'll talk to his pastor. And he will talk to his pastor. Say, no, I'm not aware. Hey, you already know you are trapped. But what do you do? You don't contact your pastor because you think you are safe. And then eventually when they play around with you and your heart is broken, then you begin crying around. Hey, brothers from that church, they are very bad. But you yourself, you are also bad. You are to blame. You see? Your, your, your heart, you did not protect your heart from evil. You see, whoever contacts you and you, you don't do due diligence, you begin responding, you begin answering, you begin doing this, and then automatically you find yourself entrapped in that kind. And you know you, you will be entrapped, I'm telling you. Because your heart is soft. Sisters, protect your hearts. Your hearts are very soft. Protect them. Put a gate and a padlock. Don't allow anyone to come in without proper license. Sisters should say amen to that.
But then you find, then uh, uh, this brother, they begin contacting, they begin talking. You see, these boys of this generation are, I'm sorry to use this word on the pulpit, but it's the truth. Many of them, not all of them, I hope there is none here, but many of them are crooks. I'm telling you the truth. Many of them are crooks. They are not serious Christians. Many of them are not sincere. You know, you, you find them contacting more than one sister, and they are they, not, not even deciding over who to choose. And if you are among them and you are here, you need the Holy Spirit, I'm telling you. You need to find God. Until you do that, you will never find a wife. Because you cannot find a wife by trying this one, trying this one, trying that. You are the type that I saw on the social media. They put a mango and they said, you see, these people are just trying on every mango. And then eventually they are trying to find the right one. All mangoes, they have eaten a piece out of them. You see? So you are the one who is trying every mango, every mango. You are the one who knows that sister is good, that one is bad, that one is this, but you did not choose any of them. And you are, these days even younger men are, are, are the ones passing the rumors. You find uh, passing, it, it takes the, the rumor to this one, the, even a brother who would have potentially married you, they will ruin him and his heart. He will lose interest because of the rumor. Boys are moving rumors. What type of men do, are we going to, to raise in the next generation? In my generation, you could not find a boy or a man moving rumors. That is a taboo. It's an abomination. A man moving rumors. It is, it is unserious, brethren. Younger men, we sh you should be men of purpose. You should be men who have a, a future. You should be men who are planning great and bigger things. When you begin, as a sister, the very first spot, before you even do that, we are going to come to that. But now, fornication is a is planned in their heart. This is something that does not happen by mistake. That's why I'm, I'm here to encourage you. If you think that fornication will catch you, it cannot catch you. It can, there is no way it can catch you unless you, 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 you are back asleep. You first back asleep before fornication catches you. You cannot, you cannot believe and follow the word and do everything the Bible is saying and then be caught by fornication. You'll be tempted to, to go and do it, but you cannot do it if you don't go in its areas and realms. Are you following me? Now, I'm, I'm speaking to you not according to knowledge, but according to experience and the testimony. Because I know I've gone through it. I've, I've gone through my own share of temptations, but God sailed me through, and I did not have any breezes, which means it is possible. And uh, whenever we talk about this, I understand there are some, of course, not all we can say that have lived virtuously. Some of you may be in one uh, area of your life when you are not serious with God, you found yourself trapped and entrapped and have walked that kind of life. But you see, let that be your past. Don't let it come in your present and say, well, I did it before, nothing happened. Ah, after you have come to the Lord and you want to continue doing it, you will see what will happen. You can't be the same. You see, if you, the moment you come to Jesus Christ, then the Bible says that all those that mention, oh, uh, uh, mention the name of Jesus, they should depart from evil. You cannot mention the name of Jesus and still walk in the same old evil you used to walk in before you came to Christ. You cannot. You see, the conversations you used to walk in before, you decide, you make a decision. You see, by the way, Christianity is a choice. Christianity is a choice. It is not forced. It is a choice. I hope there is nobody here forced to follow the Bible. Right? It's a choice that you make. And once you make a choice to follow Christ, then leave the principles of Christianity. And you, will, you won't find it hard to live a Christian life. Okay. Let us read a few more scriptures about fornication. Uh-huh. Verses uh, John. 
chapter 15, uh, sorry, sorry, not John, Acts chapter 15, verse 20. But that, but that we write unto them that they abstain from what? From for pollutions of idols and from, from fornication and from things strangled and from blood. Now, meaning all these things are abominations to a Christian, to a believer. You should abstain. Who knows what abstaining means? Hmm? Sorry. Brother Polycarp, your seat was supposed to be here. You are seated in the wrong place. Eh? Your seat is here. Kindly, Brother Polycarp. Those places are for people who are already married. They have just come to watch and see what is happening. You come and sit here. So, sorry, what is abstaining? What does abstaining mean, Brother Polycarp? Tell us. What's abstaining? Let's keep away. Yeah? Keep away. God bless you. Abstaining is to do what? Keep away. Keep away. Meaning, abstaining is to decide. You, you can, can you keep away from something unless you have decided to? You decide first to keep away from something, and then you will keep away. He says, abstain from fornication. I'm reading you a few more scriptures on this matter. And then he continues on, and he says here in the book of um, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses, uh, can someone read that for us? Oh, brother, put it for me on the screen. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1. Quickly now, I need it on the screen. I'm going to ask you to be putting the scriptures on the screen. So, if you are fast, it will help me. It, it is reported commonly that there is fornication among you. And such fornication as it is not so much as named among the Gentiles, that one should have his father's wife. Eh, what is the next verse? What does the next verse say? Yes, read it. Get a microphone. Give him a microphone. What is happening? Just, uh, okay. And yet you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken away from among you. What did he say? Ye that have done what? And yet you are puffed up uh -huh. and have not rather mourned that he that hath done this deed might be taken Continue. away from among you. Continue. For I verily, as absent in body, but present in spirit, have judged already. Mm -hmm. Continue. As though as I was though present concerning him that has so done this deed. Um, let's go up a bit, up a little bit. Uh, that verse 2. And ye are puffed up, and have not rather mourned that he that has done this deed might be taken away from among you. 
I want to ask you a question. Do you know what they did for a person that fornicated in the Old Testament? Who knows? What they do? Stoned, killed, physically, murdered them. Ha! Huh. How bad would that, would that have been before God? God did not forgive people who had fornicated. They were murdered. They were killed. Done away with. Now, it shows you how much God hated it. Defilement. You see? He hated it even more than he hated the... Leprosy. It is leprosy that they would separate somebody for a while until he's, he's well, right? They would not kill a leper, but they would kill a fornicator. Oh. Because God hated it. And here in the New Testament, Paul is saying, you, you have done fornication and you are still puffed up. Huh? You, you are still lifting yourself up. You, you, you are not having any remorse. You are not, you are not apologetic. You are not repentant. Instead of mourning and taking away these people from among you that have done this thing, you've not done it. You've not done it. Did you know that one fornicator in the church can bring in a thousand demons? Did you know that you literally walk into the church and many demons will be following you simply because you are sleeping around, fornicating, defiling yourself? The Bible says, don't you know, and I'm going to read those scriptures. Let me now quickly read. Don't you know that you are the temple of the living God? Uh-huh. Let me show you. Let me show you how God hates this thing. Go to chapter 6. Chapter 6 now. Chapter 6, verses 13. Are you there? Aha, uh -huh, Brother Marvin. I don't expect you to uh, shut this off. Keep it on and just keep going to the verses I want you to go to. Are you there yet? Chapter 6, 1 Corinthians, chapter 6, verses uh, 13. Meets. Okay, you are there? All right, then read it. Just switch it on, brother. Okay. Meats for the belly, and the belly for meats. But gold, gold Is that a man? Meats for the belly and the belly? By the way, you should eat any meats you want to. There is no... Even we eat pork. How many don't eat pork here? Ah. We should prepare a pork feast. So you can learn how to eat pork. I think we should prepare a pork feast one of these days. Eh? Uh, pork is one of the sweetest meats. Hallelujah. <laughs> I hope you are not offended. <laughs> so, you eat anything, no problem, as long as it is received with thanksgiving and prayer according to First Timothy. Okay, continue. Meats for the belly and the belly for the meats, but God shall destroy both it and them. Mm -hmm. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord and the Lord for the body. Now, read that last part. Now the body... Now the body is not for fornication, uh -huh. but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. The body is not for what? But the Lord for what? Now, did you know that when someone gets married, I was sharing this in the married couples meeting, the, the, the scripture says that your body, the one who is married, can I give you, use you as an example, brother? Your body now is for the Lord, brother Andrew. 
your body is for the Lord. Hey, hey, Sister Phoebe, thank you for coming. Your body is now. Your body now is for the Lord. For the Lord only. And you, you are for the Lord and, and, and the Lord is for you. But now, when you get married, you cease to have power over your body. Your body becomes your wife's. And your wife's body becomes yours. You have it as you want. She doesn't have power over that body. You don't have power over that body. Now, that is for the married couples. Can we not go there? But now, to you who are not married, the scripture says, the body is for the Lord. Your body is for the Lord. Not for what? Not for what? Not for what, church? Not for fornication. Uh-huh. Continue. Come on. Brother Polycarp, you're looking behind. You're supposed to be continuing. Are you not the reading? The reader? Or do you want us to get another reader? Yeah, continue. I want it to be fast. And God hath, and God hath raised up the Lord. And God hath both raised up the Lord and will also raise up us by his own power. Continue. Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? Okay. Wait. Before you continue, who is a harlot? Prostitute. Who is a prostitute? Who is a prostitute? Anybody has a good answer? Sorry? Someone who misses you. Please lift up your hand and then you just give us the answer. Who is a, a prostitute? You know, sometimes we take these things for granted. That's why I'm asking. Who is a prostitute? Someone who is? Someone who misuses their body. Sister, do you have a different answer? For everyone. You have a different answer? Now, I thought you were going to tell me someone who sells their body. No, even if you've not sold it. If you sleep with somebody who's not your husband, you are a prostitute. What I'm dealing with, I know what I'm dealing with. You know, when you go to a doctor, he knows what medicine to give when it is required. So, my brothers and sisters, I know what God has told me to deal with. Please, can you allow me to deal with it? Don't rush me. Let us deal with this. According to scripture, he's, he's talking about a harlot. And I just told you a harlot is someone who sleeps with somebody who they are not married to. The moment you do that, Is joined to an harlot. Is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. Meaning, when a, a man 
goes into harlotry with a woman, they are considered to be one. So how then can you be the body, the vessel of the living God? You cannot. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. And then he says, flee fornication. What is fleeing? Can someone show me here? Come here on the pulpit and show me how, to do, how you can flee fornication. Brother Patrick, come up here. Show us. How can you flee fornication? You are seated right here and fornication is coming to attack you. How do you flee? You are supposed to flee, uh, you are, you are supposed to flee by going the other side to the other chairs. How do you flee? Show us. How do you flee? How do you flee? Ah, brother. Fleeing. You know, fleeing. Fleeing in kuiruka. Kuiruka kani mnonga. Yes. Hey, you cannot just go slowly. This one, I've told him to change you. Engeli jadu same se jite get day. Ani ama nyoko lembiro. Ani ama nyembiro. Brother, go ala because you know so kusavola. Osavola. Hey, come, come and demonstrate. <laughs> Thank you, Brother Patrick. Brother, I want you to demonstrate for us how do you free fornication. Yeah! <laughs> God bless you, Brother Solomon. <laughs> so, but some believers, they are here. Fornication is coming to attack them. They are going. Yeah. 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 You see, you don't free fornication like that. You flee it like Brother Solomon. You have to do it energetic. You don't even think twice. You don't look twice. That's why believers, brothers, let me tell you how to flee. When you are walking on the road, it is all over us. You are not going to, to people are walking naked every day, right? Almost you find them wearing their pajamas on the road. What are you going to do? Huh? Are you going to be burning the whole time because you saw them and you are a believer? What are you going to do? Eh? Yes. Even for people as young as Billy Paul. I know what I'm talking about. I'm a pastor. I meet these younger people. And they tell you things and you get shocked, surprised. What are you going to do when you find them naked? Walking on the road. The moment you were walking, you see them. Of course, the first thing was by mistake. We go back to what we started with. But if you go back and say, what did I see? You are gone. Actually, when you reach home, begin repenting, asking God to wash you. Because you have already committed fornication in your heart. You see, that's, what, that's where the first... You see, if you're a child of God, you will be judged in your heart to begin with before you even ever try to do the act. Now, how do you flee? If you look once, go. Don't look twice. Huh? If you feel that your, heavy, your head is so heavy, you are walking with a brother, come here, brother. Hmm? You're working with a brother and your head is so heavy, you want to turn again? Tell the brother, brother, hold my head this side. Please hold it. <laughs> Keep my head this side. I'm trying to look, turn, turn the other side. Now you, you are holding my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> hold my head, I'm turning, but brother, hold it. <laughs> At least a brother should hold it. You understand? God bless you. Don't hold it forever, my brother. <laughs> so, so, that is the way, my brethren, of fleeing from fornication. Sisters, how do you flee? When you receive a text message, you don't know the background of that text message. I encourage you not to answer that text message. Hey, pastor, are you putting, not putting us in prison? Are you saying that our phones, we are going to be talking to only our father, mother, and sisters? Ah, 
Pastor, you are making it very hard. How many agree with me now on what I just said? I'm making it very hard. Yeah, you are, you are not raising up your hand, but that's what you are thinking in your heart. But let me tell you, uh, it does not mean that because you've been walking right with God, um, you are going to be, uh, we call it friends. If that was to be the fact, how come that we've had so many that have fallen into mistake and error that otherwise they would have missed, but they found themselves trapped? You will trap yourself because you did not flee. I have a sister. I, I really like her. She's in, in Kenya. When a brother contacts her and he doesn't know about him, uh, he will ask her, he will ask him, who are you? I'm so and so. Are you not the ones who are passing through the ventilators? Meaning, he's saying, if you are, me, I don't know you, and my pastor should tell me about it before you contact me. So who are you? Why are you contacting me? What are you saying? Are you not the ones who are passing through the ventilators? Because they passed, the door to the sheep is who? The shepherd. So sincerely, I think that that sister is right. If a brother wants to contact you in well, if he wants to greet you normally to be as a friend, no problem. That's why we have church more regularly, right? So we can meet one another and greet one another. Not so, sister. Are you agreeing with me? We meet each other at church, we greet. Why do you ask for my number? So I can keep greeting you. You will keep greeting me, just keep coming to church. You will find me at church, right? But you want my number so you can begin passing through the ventilators. Go through the door. If you really want to, to, to know me more, go through the door. As we shall see it quickly. Now let, let me read a few more on this and then I conclude this one. Ephesians chapter 5. By the way, there are so many scriptures about fornication. You will be surprised. And so many preach, so few preachers talk about against it. And yet it is so much talked about in the New Testament. You'll be so surprised. Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3. Before we read that, let us read Galatians 5.19, which says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? Number one, adultery. Number two, fornication. Number three, uncleanness. Number three, four, lasciviousness and others. And he says we should avoid them. And now in Ephesians 5, 3, he says, But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it be mentioned among you just a few times. Is that a man? Is that a man? What did he say? Let it not be once once named among you as becometh saints. Praise God. Amen. Neither filthiness, no foolish talking, no jesting which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Praise God. Now, if some of you who say, I can do it once in a while and then I repent, he says, let it not be mentioned. This one should not even be, he did not say lies, he said fornication. Lies is as bad, right? But here he's talking about fornication. It should not be mentioned among in your life, not even one time. Not even one time. So, to those of you 
who was a, 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 a guilty of that, it is not, you are no longer guilty as we had this morning. It is in your past. You've begun a new chapter with Jesus Christ, and that is how you should keep it. It shouldn't be mentioned in your life once. Whatever was done in your past is under the seal of forgetfulness, and God remembers it no more. And repentance, if you repented, it means you will no longer and never go back to it again. All right. Now, there is a scripture that I wanted to read before I leave this uh, subject here. Um, can someone uh, point me to that scripture? Is it this one which I was reading? That says if a brother is a fornicator, you should not even eat with him. Okay, as you are finding it for us, let us read First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses um, 3. Someone find me the other scripture. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication. That every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and in honor. Where is your vessel? Where is your vessel, brethren? You don't know your vessel. Your body. Your body is a vessel, should be a vessel for honor. And so you should know how to possess your vessel in sanctification and in honor. Not in the last of consumptions, I don't know the pronunciation, even as the Gentiles which know which he says, even as the Gentiles, which know not God, because by that to the unbelievers, this is a very small thing. It's like uh, we say, they even have words which they call a one night stand. How many have heard such words? You are so holy that you don't, and I've never heard that word. They have them, and because to them it's uh, not a big deal, you know. It's uh, you know, so but to us, it should not be because our vessel should be a vessel of honor. Now, that word which I could not pronounce properly means strong sexual desire. Not in the last awe of that, even as the Gentiles which know not God. Because that's how they are. You see? For them, they live in lust. They live in consumptions or strong sexual desire. That no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter. Because that the Lord is the avenger of all such. As we also have forewarned you and testified. For God has not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. He therefore that despises, despises not man but God, who has also given unto us his Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Did you find that other scripture? Yes? Okay, I think it's First Corinthians chapter five, verse eleven. Um, so, if you could not find it, it means you don't know these things. So, it is good that you are hearing them now. Okay, let let me re begin reading from verse seven. Purge out therefore the old leaven, that ye may be a new lamp, as ye are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. 
Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with the old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. I wrote unto you in an epistle, not to company. Meaning not to associate. Are you hearing me, church? If you're hearing me, say amen. Uh -huh. If someone is a fornicate around you, they will be shocked if you say amen, which means you are leaving that cohort. You are going into another cohort. So listen to me. I wrote unto you in an episode not to company, meaning not to associate with fornicators or sexually immoral people. Not to associate with fornicators. Can we say amen to that? Amen. Now, he says, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world. Don't say, oh, your boss is a fornicator, so you cannot associate with him. You don't even want to take his uh, 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 instructions because he's a fornicator. No. He's saying, not altogether the fornicators of this world, or the covetous, or the extortioners, or with the idolaters. For then must ye need to go out of the world. But now I have written unto you, not to keep company. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator. That also means if any woman be called a, a sister be a fornicator. It's the same thing. It goes the same way. Don't say sisters. We, have, we are not involved here. You are involved as well. You see. If any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard. An extortioner. With such anyone no not to eat. Meaning, if a brother is a fornicator, we already know what these things mean. I don't, I'm, not going, I'm not going to go into the explanations. If a brother is a fornicator, according to the scripture, we are not even allowed to associate with them, to eat even together with them in the same table. Did you know that? If we cannot eat with them in the same table in our homes, how much more in the church? That means they are not even allowed in the fellowship. That means, according to this scripture, they are excommunicated. Eh, you mean it is that serious? Yes, it is that serious. If someone is called a brother or a believer, a Christian, and yet is living immorally, doing this, doing that, going with this one, going with that one, or not only that, or a drunkard, a drunk, or this guy who is drinking and then you know he gets drunk. Hmm? Oh, he also has here another whatever, an extortioner. Eh? And do you know who an extortioner is? Huh? An extortioner is somebody who takes money by force, or someone who steals people's money. Eh? Um, yeah, yeah. I think Omiyaye we have Gamanti. Eh? Omunyazi. Eh? Mpola. Borrow me, and they don't pay. Borrow me, and they don't pay. Borrow me, and they don't pay. Borrow me and they don't pay. Borrow me. I will pay tomorrow and they don't pay. Borrow me, brother. They don't pay. He goes to this brother. He goes to that brother. He goes to that. Let me tell you, once you find such someone like that, it should be brought and that person should be corrected. If he can't correct himself, he should be disassociated. Why? I don't know. God said so. Why? Because if he is not disassociated, he will also make others like him. Yes, it is that serious. Don't keep company with such people. For what have I to do? Judge them also that are without. Why do I judge those ones who are not believers or who are not among us? But I judge them that are within. Those ones who are in the house of God, they are my brothers, they are my sons. I will judge them. I will judge them. That's what Paul is saying. 
But them, but them that are without, God will judge. Those ones who are not in the church, God will judge. But those ones who are in the church, I should judge them. Huh? Therefore, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Hey! That wicked person, that brother who is very busy. I've seen those kind of behaviors. Those people who are like that. Sister in a nom pia at Zaku Church, or Gino Krabanga brother, or Mutuma Wamu said, in Asham say, Alimukumudusa. Number one of a Fubuka. By name, you job cover, you judge cover. Eje metu no could you quarter in your name to Jimmy and trying to Jimena. Hm? Me, maybe. Era brother along with Mister Sister at Scola, I sorry, brother and Gascola. Mugame brother, the Komo Yomcha Motaka deliverance. Tosidica, Quam Babble to Gambia, or Munto to Anokumuja Masakatiga. I know my own witch cover. Omuntu ayino moyo wechi kaba tenga itaba waluganda tetuina na kukola gana na ye. Bible we gambie. So which means it is serious for someone to be a drunkard. For someone to be a railer. For someone, do you know who a railer is? A railer is a, a reviler. You know, an idolater. A covetous person. A muntu omwe gombia. Ye gombe bintu. Eh? Someone, a regular is someone who complains or protests strongly and persistently about something. Hey, me, even the way I'm seeing things in the church, even in this one, even that one. There are people like that who complain. Even the music. I don't like the way shame plays, the way manya praise plays. Manya the way, I, mean, I don't like it. I don't even enjoy everything. I don't know. There's a problem in the church. Have you never seen people like that? Those are regulars. We should not associate with them. Don't make them your friends. Disassociate yourself with such people. Why? Because they will also make you like them. We should be positively minded in the work of God. We, we should not be idolaters or covetous. Do you know a covetous person? A person who eh, showing us a great desire to possess something belonging to someone else. Look at that car. I wish I'd get it. It is not yours. Calm down. Hmm? You should do, you see, oh, I wish I was married. Look at that sister, for example, for sure. Huh? Huh? Sincerely, you are covetous. Huh? Someone tells you that this is the sister, brother uh, uh, Andrew is going to marry. And you begin saying, oh, mama, watch it, diabo. You are covetous. You see, look for your sister. Look for your wife. Look for your own. It's covetousness. Huh? And people, other people, you, you know that uh, fornicators, you also say fornicators. Now, people like this, according to the Bible, the scripture has been very clear that we should not accompany with them. We should take away such wicked people from among our midst. Now, that is as far as, not there are very many scriptures I've not talked about, but as far as this meeting is concerned, that's as much as I can talk about fornication. And I will tell you what, God hates it. You can see clearly through the scriptures, God hates it. But then again, marriage, the Bible says, as I began, is honorable. Okay? Marriage is honorable. The feelings that God put in your body, yes, there is a deep calling. There must be a deep to respond. And um, uh, do not, uh, if you are overwhelmed, don't, don't be by yourself. Come and seek counsel. We'll give you counsel. We'll pray with you. You see, these things need God. It needs God, doesn't need your mind oh, to talk with people uh, because you are excited. Then you begin to, you know, some brothers, some younger men, when they are overwhelmed by their body. Hmm? How many understand what I'm talking about? Brother Enoch, surely you understand. Surely everybody knows you are a youth. 
there is someone who wrote a, 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 a paper and he said, you know I'm a youth. And then he was asking a question. You see, it is true you are youth. And when your body overwhelms you, others, they feel, no, to be able to calm down, I need to find someone I can always be calling, and I calm down myself. Sincerely. That's how you're going to do it. Brother Patrick, that's not the right way. Huh? Brother Sam, huh? Brother Samuel, am I communicating? Brother Enoch, Brother Ivan, Brother Joel, Yes, even you, Brother Dixon. You have a phone. Hmm? Don't behave as if it is them. Hmm? Brother Praise, you also have a phone. Do you have a phone, Brother Billy Paul? You have a phone. Okay. So do you also call some people to calm yourself down? <laughs> you find, you see, these younger people do that. You know? They say, now let me call some. Even sisters, now I feel I need to have a brother so I can always be talking to him. I'm not intending to murder them, but just to calm myself down, you know, to relax. And uh, It's a wrong spirit. It's a spirit of fornication knocking on your door. That's not the way to do it. If you want to calm yourself down, come to the Lord Jesus. Come and pray. This is what we used to do. You go and pray. Of course, you will pray and you will fast and you will get energy. You will be now on fire. After some time, again, you will go down. Until you overcome. You, you understand? Don't give up. Don't give up. Don't give up on, 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 on holiness. Don't give up on the word of God. Don't give up on your future. Because fornication is one number one killer of Christians. Do you know why Christians don't prosper? Christians don't prosper because they are the most... They are the biggest hypocrites. Do you know why the people in the world like Muslims prosper financially? Because they don't live in hypocrisy. So, pastors, should we be Muslims? Well, they don't have the blessing of God upon their life. The blessing of God maketh rich and he adds no sorrow upon it. They have a lot of sorrow in all the prosperity they have attained or have accumulated, but if you have the blessing of God, it will make you rich both spiritually and physically. But here is a Muslim. He will marry as many as he wishes and can afford. Even Catholics do, by the way. And Anglicans. Huh? And some Pentecostals these days are also doing it, including pastors. Right? But the believers should not. You see, you find your one and you stay with that one. You stick with that one. Some of us decided a long time ago, by the way, it has to be a decision. If you don't make a decision, it won't happen. Some of you even fear to talk about marriage. You have to make a decision now before that time so that when you've made up your mind, God will give you your desire according to your heart's desire. You make up your mind, I'm going to marry. And I'm going to marry one wife and I will stick with her and I will love her and I will give her everything and I will just be everything I can to her. Same thing to you, sister. You say, I'm not going to defile myself with anybody, with anything until I get married. And, I, and when I get married, I must marry a child of God, a son of God. Now you see, these are decisions you make really early in life. If you don't consider this as a value, you don't take it as a value, you're going to meet a lot of people in the world that don't see it as a value. So what are you going to do? Are you going to devalue your value to their value? We have a value, and the value we have is the word of God. This is a tunnel. It's a tunnel. 
What are you going to replace it with? With a gibberish that is in the world? With the other things that do not have value on them? I say thank God for the word because it puts value on everything that we do. And I find that believers who are married properly have a lot of peace, have a lot of, um, you know, when you talk to people, especially people who've been married and have had issues in their marriage, you really uh, get a burden for the young generation. You say, what are they going, if you make one wrong decision, you have made many wrong, right decisions and many wrong ones as well. But this one, when you make it in your life, it will affect your life forever. If you marry wrong, wrongly, or if you enter into fornications and adulteries, even after marriage, if you enter into adultery, it's the same thing. And the spirit of lust is not cured by marriage. How many can say amen to that? If you have a spirit of lust, don't think that when you marry, you know, the Bible says if you burn, marry. Hey, marriage does not cure burning, uh, rather lust. Marriage does not do it. What does cure it is the Holy Spirit. That's why you should be filled with the Holy Spirit before you begin looking for a wife. Because if you look for a wife based on the lust that you have in your body, you will pick the wrong one. And when you pick the wrong one, again, she will ruin your life and then again you will continue. You will continue. So you will now continue living in adultery. Remember, he says, warmongers, fornicators, and adulterers, God will judge. Even after marriage, when you continue living as an adulterer, still there is judgment that comes to that. But we as believers, we know that marriage is not a sin. Marriage is one of the best things, but the Banam said it's the second best thing to salvation. How many are saved here? If you are saved, huh? God should give you a wife as the next best gift. Now, me, I have my next best gift. Brother Mlonde back there, Deacon Mlonde has his next best gift. Deacon Enoka has his next best gift. Right? Who else is married here? Huh? Yeah, even a brother and also you have found your next best gift, right? Or are you changing your mind now? You have found. Now, some of you have not found that second next best gift. So you are not very rich until you find that next best gift at the right time, in the right way, in the right approach. Now, I'm not going to go through quotes, through what. I'm just going to read you, um, uh, give you this as a statement. We go to the questions. Maybe there's a quote I wanted to read. May God help me because I don't want to keep you long. Now, um, there is this, um, number one, people have asked me often times, what then, how should we approach marriage? What are the best, what are the right, what is the right procedure for marriage? The right procedure for marriage, of course, it is based on the Eastern people because this Bible is based on the Eastern or Oriental people. The approach, the way they married, and we find that we are following that. Number one, the thing that is going to happen is courtship. Now, in courtship, under courtship, a lot of things happen. Of course, a decision is made under or when you are approaching marriage when you want to do courtship. For example, you, you, you have loved my daughter and um, you want to marry her. What do you do? I want a very sharp brother to tell me what you do. Yes, Brother Dixon. Huh? You go to your pastor. Okay. Now, when we talk about decisions and courtship, of course, Brother Barnum, in some other quote, he says that uh, a man must first pray. Of course, a, a, a husband or a wife comes from prayer. 
that one I just wanted to underline that as the very first step. You don't find wives in a matchmaking. Some people are very good matchmakers. Hi! Do you know a matchmaker? You don't know? You come, I tell you what a matchmaker is. A matchmaker. A matchmaker is someone who, who comes and tells you, Brother Billy, you're ready for marriage. You come, I would tell you something. Is that sister there? Don't you see her eyes? Eh? What do you think? Eh? You see? What do you think? Eh? And then you... <laughs> yeah, they are listening, listening, listening. And then eventually, he said, by the way, eh? so then he, he leaves you there. Then he goes to the other sister. Hmm? When he comes to the sister, he will tell her, sister, eh? what do you think? Eh? The other brother is of mine. He has said that he, blah, 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 blah. Eh? What do you think? And then after he has uh, talked to this one, he has talked to this one, then he, 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 he he, he watches them while encouraging them. <clears throat> mm. And then eventually that they should marry one another. God bless you. That's matchmaking. Now, marriage is not made by matchmaking. Marriage, it is God to do the matchmaking. There must be a matchmaking. God matching the two people. But it is God who matches them. Not a man. Right? And it is done through prayer. Through prayer. You don't pray after you have found your match. You pray before. There are chances that if you pray after, what are you praying for? You are going to make the wrong decision because you are praying under the influence of the lust of your heart or flesh or whatever it is. There are chances that whatever advice and counsel you will be given, you will never accept it because you have already made up your mind. But if you pray before you approach, if you pray before you see anybody, even before you see, you have been, you have been praying. So how many here are planning on getting married in the next two years? Raise up your hand. Sisters and brothers. Don't, don't fear, don't fear. Okay, okay. I see about five. How many are planning on getting married in the next five years from now? Next five years. By the way, do you know why I'm asking you? I, I want to see. Do you know what I'm talking about? Because you see, this thing, you, it doesn't happen by mistake. Like fornication doesn't happen by mistake. Marriage doesn't also happen by mistake. That, hey, you have fallen in marriage by mistake. No! You pray, you plan, you believe. If you want a house, it's not going to come to you by mistake. Hey, God has given you a house by mistake. No! You believe for it. You plan for it. You even, you even draw, write down your vision. I want it like this. I want it like this. I was giving my testimony to um, a group of young people in Ethiopia. And one of them, Ephraim, he called it. He said, ah, you married at what age? 21. I said, hmm, I'm also going to marry by 21. And he did it. He did it. And he had nothing. No, zero amount of money. Hey, what are you talking about? So, it is vision. If you don't have vision, so if I must raise up your hand and you're like, hey, how will they see me? Me who has nothing. You don't have vision. You should have vision and plan. How many are going to marry in five years? Planning from now. By five years, in five years you will be married. Raise up your hand. Uh -huh. Now, I don't want to ask the others because I thought that people who were 20 something here, by five years, you should be married. <laughs> so, those of you who are planning 10 years, I think 
I don't know whether you have vision or not. I do not say, talk about that. But here is what I want to say. To those of you who have raised up your hand, now it is the time to pray. Now. Before you find anybody. Before you see anybody. Before you dream of anybody. Right? Because it is God who should give you a wife or a husband. It begins with prayer. Amen? On both ends. On, on the end of the woman and on the end of the man. Number two. After prayer, then you will see somebody, okay? I always give this illustration. Usually, I give that illustration that um, this is how it was. When God created uh, Adam, come on, I demonstrate this on you, brother. Adam was alone, just like this man is, alone. But in Adam was the woman. Was it on the left or on the right? <laughs> Adam was not shaking like that when God touched his side. <laughs> Okay, on, on, uh, I will not touch it, don't worry. <laughs> so, so Adam, Adam had his wife in, her, in him, rather. And uh, when God wanted to take the wife of Adam out, what did God do? He made Adam to sleep. And I told you, you see, that's where it is. You begin finding a wife by prayer. He was sleeping, meaning you were closing your eyes in prayer, waiting upon God. Adam was waiting upon God the whole time when he was sleeping, the whole time when he was closing his eyes. That's how you do. You are waiting upon God in prayer. Number two, what happened? What happened in prayer? What happened when he was closing his eyes? God was, uh -huh. your wife is in you. Now, this is very important. Uh, this is our evening. Don't rush me, please. When you are looking for a wife, many times, that wife does not actually exist. The one in your dreams. Did you know that? The wife of your dreams does not exist anyway. I'll explain. You, you, you say, I want a, a girl that is like this. Okay, I can give you. You want to respect those things? <laughs> okay. Tell us. Tell us. Speak it through the microphone. Doctor. Not a doctor. Uh, Why? Sure. No, I'm sure. Okay. Tell us. A doctor uh -huh. uh, with a similarity in my name. Not in your name. Okay. Yes. Continue. <laughs> Continue. And a believer. And a believer. Oh, an unbeliever. No, a believer. A believer. Mm. Ah, number four. Even if she looks like a monkey, no problem. <laughs> of course. Uh, she's beautiful. What is beauty to you? Okay. She's. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know what, what is beauty to him. To him, beauty may be figure eight. But uh, to some of you, beauty may be, I don't know. Uh, someone would say, I want a, a woman, look, a woman who has long hair up to the back. Uh, she must be a Ugandan. She must have eyes, blue eyes. She must uh, mm, uh, have teeth which is uh, divided properly. She must, um, uh, you know, have uh, a body that is very, very calmly looking nice. American height and uh, uh, nails that are very beautiful. Uh, and uh, ears that are not very wide or very whatever. And uh, uh, cheeks that are, you know, eh? Yeah? 
a nose which is pointed like whatever. And a, ha ha. But sincerely speaking, where are you going to get that kind of woman from? You understand? That woman is in your dream, is in your mind. But where will she come from? God, where she come from? Get the inspiration here. Again, akumukuzazam. Alimugwe, ainokuvam. But who does that? Katonda. You get the point. That woman is in your mind. You don't know. When God, when God leads you to someone, you will say, Nea tenga gara. No, God knows what you want is that, but it is a work in progress. He is going to perfect her. Now, when I see my wife, my wife, can you please come? Is it possible for you to eh, come here? Darling? Uh-huh. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. I've been happy with her ever since. Praise God. Isn't it a wonderful match? <laughs> but let me tell you, sir, thank you for coming. I did not expect. Okay, now, you see this uh, girl. Eh? She's still a girl. Hey, uh, <laughs> we have five children. Some of you can't believe it. Eh? She's a girl. Is she not? Don't, don't feel bad. Eh? <laughs> so, you see, five good children. And we are still having more if the Lord desires and tarries. Sister, don't be shocked. Eh? <laughs> yes, and we are growing younger. But let me tell you, by the time I saw her, eh? listen, she was, uh, how many have ever seen one of our pictures when we are younger? <laughs> Some of you have seen. She was tiny. And I was also tiny, not only her. And we were, you know, you know, while time went on, and uh, while we are together, living together, she's learning me, I am learning her. She's slowly by slowly coming into the full image of me. You understand? It did not happen in one day. I love you, dear. Thank you. So, 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 it's good to be married, brethren. It is sweet. It is nice. And uh, the whole time she was in me, in my mind, when I saw her, I said, but she's not exactly what I wanted, God. Even her hair, you ought to have seen her hair now, but if you see her hair then, I, sincerely it was, uh, it was very horrible. Uh, it's the truth, even as she will tell you by, by herself, you know. But, when I was seeing her, it is not exactly what I want. I wanted. But, uh, but uh, God said it is, she's the one. I wasn't sure. Even I had, I had already told my pastor, I was already talking with her. But when I became unsure, like this, I told her, I'm sorry. Let me first pray and be sure. So I went, I packed my bags, I went, I was, and I was desperate. I prayed, I said, oh God, prove to me, oh God, speak to me. Let me know your mind, let me know your will. But I had prayed before I found her. 
But now that I was not sure, even after finding, I wanted to just be sure that it was the choice of God for me. Brother, be sure that what God is saying, don't marry someone when you are not sure you will regret. Marry when you are sure. And when I became sure, God spoke to me in various ways. I don't want to spend time on that. But he spoke to me. I came out very confident. Oh, I had already broken her heart because I told her, wait, let me first confirm with God. By the time I came back, she was not on fire as she was on at first. But slowly by slowly, me, I was sure. So I, I proposed to her and she looked on the roof. She looked everywhere. She looked on the right and the left. But finally, she, had, she could not run away from that word because I, she was meant for me. And she accepted me. And today I'm here, very happy, after 10 years. Eh, I can't believe it. 10 years, brother Ivan. Time runs like, like nothing, like wind. And so you see, friends, your wife is in you. God saw the end from the beginning. And he knows what you want. And he will lead you to the right one. And when God leads you to the right one, then it's time to come now to the pastor. When you see, of course you've seen them. You've, by the way, you are asking this and that. Sometimes it is not even very effective. What is so effective is for God to confirm to you things and the testimony you hear from others. I'll tell you that. I'm telling you now real things. And after you've made, it is called a due diligence. Do you know what due diligence is? After you've made all your research and prayer, after you've contacted, you've done your due diligence, then now you come to the pastor. Don't come to me when you are just saying, is she the one, is she not? Is she the one, is she not? It's not also good. Come to me only when you are 100% or at least 90% sure. Then when you come to me, I will ask you, are you sure she's the one? If you say you are not, I will tell you, okay, go and confirm. How are you going to confirm? Continue wrestling it in prayer. And when you are sure that she's the one, come back to me. I will tell you what next. Uh, now, if I tell you like that and then you, you go, pastor is just delaying me. Why my sister give me your contact? You have already broken the whole thing. You don't have the blessing of God. You are on your own the moment you do that. And God can't bless such a union. I'm telling you. I've seen it over and over and over. And so, um, so you, you, then courtship begins after your pastor is aware, after the father of the girl is aware, after if she's a, most, especially if they're believers, you know, then you have approvals to court. Now, I told you here before when I was preaching that believers do not debt believers caught. How many understand that? Ha! Huh. Very few. Even the ones who understand it cannot understand it properly. They are putting their hand down like believers. What's the difference between courting and dating? It's almost the same, right? But the difference here is dating is worldly. Whereby uh, 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 you, you, you get a girl, you see, you, you say, this is my girlfriend, you, you are going everywhere together, you are kissing, you are hugging, you are visiting each other, you are sleeping together, you are doing this and that. Do you understand what I'm talking about? But we are only making sure that you don't become pregnant. Now, that is dating, and believers don't date like that. Someone, I saw a question here, I'll answer it right here. Say that, uh, why is it that believers in the West can do that and yet we cannot? Believers in the West don't do that. 
If you know anyone who do it, does it, come and tell us. No one does it among the believers. No one does it. Believers court, and you court with the permission of the parents, and especially your pastor should be aware. And uh, after that, you know, you've courted, you've got to know one another, you've agreed with one another, agreements have been made, decisions have been, be, been made between the two. Then comes the next uh, 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 um, uh, step. Then comes the engagement. Now, engagement happens at the altar. You've seen that happen before here. Engagement happens at the altar. That's when you've now been sure, the parents are sure, you are sure, the girl is sure, the boy is sure, the pastor is sure, everybody is in unity together. Then now, you do the engagement. Now, what is the engagement? Who knows the engagement? Engagement in our culture. But uh, uh, because usually we do it almost at the wedding time, we, 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 after Okuchala, and you've known what you are going to, uh, the requirements of the parents, and you have agreed with them to have your, their daughter, then you can give an engagement ring as a sign you are mine and I'm yours. After the engagement, you can't make up your mind to choose another. You can't make up your mind to choose another. It is done, it is done. Then now you have to plan for your marriage ceremony. And lastly, you plan for your honeymoon. But the problem usually is at the beginning there. If you begin wrong, I've seen many couples. When you begin wrong, you will always end wrong. Please, I emphasize this. When you begin wrong, you will always end wrong. And what is beginning wrong? Sorry, my brother. Beginning wrong is uh, the things that I've underlined and told you about. Beginning wrong is when you begin asking for contacts. And I'm telling you here as your pastor, if you take me to be a man of God, we do not believe in exchanging numbers of people who are not married one with another and they begin talking without the knowledge of their pastors and their parents. It is wrong. It is wrong. It is wrong. And if you have understood it, say amen. If a brother asks you your number, sister, and you give it, you are also wrong. And whatever happens, don't say, because I've had rumors. I'm telling you this on good authority. I've had rumors. Oh, brothers at DVF, eh? they, 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 they begin talking to sisters and then they withdraw. They begin talking to sisters and then they disappoint them. They begin talking to sisters, they do this. Who has been guilty of that? If you have been guilty of that, you ought to repent. You ought to ask God to give you. As a matter of fact, when, the, when, when before, before a, a relationship reaches engagement, before a relationship reaches engagement, you, uh, you should know, it should even be secret. It's a safe thing by many people, really. Maybe the pastors and the parents and uh, then your closest friend, maybe. You know, not, not to be moved everywhere, but your mama nyenti That thing is not right. It shouldn't be done that way. You know, uh, we've often seen people. I was myself, I was standing outside there. And uh, we've had many younger ladies visit this fellowship. Uh, and then I was standing there. I remember one day, I never told anybody, but it was like a dagger in my heart. And then I saw younger men running after this sister. <laughs> You know, I don't know what they were telling the sister. Yeah? But I believe and I suspect they were saying, sister, 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 
to the extent that the girl will fear to come back again. Ah, and when they leave like that, they will go tell others, it's a wrong spirit, it's a wrong testimony. It should never be heard among us. Never. It's a wrong spirit. You should treat these sisters with dignity. They are daughters of God. And you should also treat yourself honorable as a man of God, friends. If you want to marry, the right place to go to is your pastor. If you see someone, go to your pastor. Now, sisters, let me talk to you a moment. If someone comes and asks your number, don't give it. And if you've given some to some of those younger men, you have a choice to make now. Are you going to continue in that relationship? Is it legal? Is it right? Is it holy? Is it acceptable? What, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to talk about? What are you building? Is it known? Or it is just something happening in the corridors? If I were you, I would begin again and say, wait a moment, what am I trying to do here? And then if they say that the pastor knows, come and confirm. Or else there may be some of those wolves in sheep's clothing lying to you to try and trap you. Don't be trapped. Don't accept anyone to trap you to their game. Be a real honorable person and God will bless you. They are saying that it is difficult business to find a wife or a husband. It is a lie of the devil. It is easy. As easy as it was 2,000 years ago. Because God is the same. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and then forever. If you follow the right principles as we teach them to you, then it will not be difficult to you. And if you want to confirm some of the things I've been saying, please read the message, The Marriage of the Lamb. Every one of you, young people, go and listen to it. You have smartphones. Download it. Listen to all of it. All of it. But the Banam says a very, very good things in there. The Marriage of the Lamb, 1962. Praise the Lord. Now, if you have any question out of what I said and you had not asked it, feel free to ask. And then I'll, I'll now deal with these questions. Pastor, help me to understand what happens to sisters who give birth early. Will they to get brothers on, oh, it's difficult. Uh, let me ask a young man who are here. How many would like to marry a sister that has children? Raise up your hand. Nobody rose up their hand. So I'll tell you, it is difficult. So if you're planning to get a child, it's difficult. Now, if you already have one and you were not previously in any marriage, that means you are not in marriage. It just happened and then, you know, you, you, you got a child. Um, but you are not legally bound to any man. For it's possible for you to marry. It is legal, scripturally legal for you to marry. Um, a child is not necessarily a testimony of marriage. It can happen when there is no covenant of marriage. I have also seen grown sisters who are I do not understand what she means by, um, I have seen grown sisters who are, is it corporate or trying to, I don't know, finding difficulty to get married. Or maybe she meant I have also seen grown sisters who are corporate finding difficulty to get married. Advice on this subject. I think when you mean sisters who are corporate, you mean somebody who has a career, someone who has a, a good job, or 
Um, I do not think it is difficult. If you follow the due principles as we have presented them to you, it's never difficult for both the sister and the brother. I've given you many times an example of a brother Morgus in Ethiopia who is now the pastor of the local church in Addis Ababa. It wasn't difficult for him to find a wife. Um, it was a, it's a long story, but um, when he saw this sister, the sister was working in a, a very big bank earning a lot of money in dollars. Hmm. She had property. She was quite doing well, financially speaking, and she was corporate like you just asked the question. And uh, when this young man who was just newly from college uh, came and, you know, saw her, you, are, you had always given uh, a, a, a testament or a testimony that uh, my wife is somewhere, she's worshiping God, one day I'll turn my eyes and I will see her. You remember that testimony? So she turned her, it, he turned his eyes one day in the church and he saw her. And he came to me, he said, she's my wife. I said, are you sure? He said, yes, I'm sure. I said, are you really sure? I said, I gave him, some of you have given you that booklet of 100 pages. I told him on courtship and marriage. I said, go read it. When you have finished reading it, come back to me if you're still sure. He said, I'm still sure. After a few, maybe two weeks. I said, well, then pray a little more. They are contacting a sister. I made it very difficult for him because I knew the sister he is trying to contact his corporate. And if you, he's not really sure, and the sister refuses, it will demoralize him. And he was my associate. I did not want a demoralized associate. I needed someone who is going to be stable. So I didn't want to allow him to go. You see, pastors have many different reasons. So when he, he guides you, don't, mm -mm, I'll just do the way, please. It means you have a problem of listening and submitting. Yeah? Submit to leadership. And so he did, and uh, he did not contact her until, you know, he kept on coming. He said, Pastor, I'm now sure. I've prayed, and I'm sure. I said, well, then, if you're sure, we'll, uh, my wife, I think, gave him the contact and uh, uh, then, uh, you know, started talking to the sister and uh, the sister, God had already spoken to her. The time when he was praying, the time when he was praying, God spoke to the sister. But God had already spoken to the sister and God had already showed the brother what type of woman he will marry and God had already showed the sister before they came. You can see this whole thing is done by God, brethren. Matchmaking is done by God. It's not about how much you have or how little you have. God can give you anybody. The brother had nothing. The sister had everything. But guess what? I, I flied to Nairobi, met the pastor, and we talked over it. The pastor will come to us, and then we were able to, um, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, also speak to the family. And, and, the, and the, the girl, when she came down to um, Ethiopia, before we even knew she was going to marry the brother, my wife and I told her, we claim you here. She said, Amen! Huh. Nothing happens by accident, brother, sister. We claimed her in Ethiopia and God <laughs> did it through marriage. And a brother married her. Well, long story short, they got married in Nairobi. It was a powerful wedding. Powerful wedding. And, um, and uh, how even God did it all to leave her job and to go, everything was a testimony. It's a long story. I don't want to on that. Maybe one time they will, give, they will come and give their own testimony. Uh, it will encourage many young people. So, Yes, it is possible for someone who is corporate to marry uh, very, very well if they followed the right principles of the word. The whole time the sister was single, but waiting upon God. She had the money to get a younger brother and, uh, you know, convince the money and support and stuff like that and make him close so that eventually the young man can pick interest, but she did not. You see? So because when a sister is corporate, there is also that temptation. But you need to know your place. 
that toyina kuogereza gogo bayino kuogereza amina ba sister sister ba mabambi mbega ile temuogereza ba luganda mujja kwele televizivu god bless you uh, the saints of god i'm asking now i'm asking now women are not allowed to preach on the pulpit am i allowed to preach at the roadside or door to door or to a group of people sitting down together you are not allowed to preach on the pulpit it's not about the pulpit it's about the principle of preaching whereby there are two things as long as you do not go against them it's okay number one you are not allowed to rule over men rule over men number two you're not allowed to teach men all right teach men instruct them meaning instruct them so if your preaching or your sharing your testimony is not including that then i think that should be fine and i don't see you preaching on the road side and not ruling over whoever you are preaching to i i don't think that preaching is really for men for women but i believe that you can exhort uh, even men you can lead them to the lord we, we have many testimonies in the bible of women that led many men to the lord and so it is possible when study teaching them maybe giving them a, and telling them about what you believe like giving a testimony and bringing them to church that's the best way a sister can preach and another way living a life that is worthy of your testimony all right uh, another question god bless you there is this guy who has admired my ways as a sister i think this guy is a believer because believers he should have said a brother eh? i don't know but he said a guy there is this guy who has admired my ways as a sister because at my uh, because of my christian ways and as, and he said i can only say yes to him if he comes to church because he is more than willing to come to church i am afraid he might come get saved and later propose to me is it even appropriate should i just chase him away because i don't want to do pcm very good question now you are mixing up two things sister i think this is a sister you're mixing up two things number one you are mixing up salvation of a soul and marriage that one should never be found in one statement or one sentence it is the biggest mistake you can ever do i want to believe that this guy as you said has talked to you and talked about marriage with you which was the a mistake to begin with because from what you are saying it appears you have already told her for us i can't marry you unless you believe what i believe and now when you do that he will say it's all right i will come to your church I'll, i will accept you already know these things but you are asking as if you do not know so now if you make that deal it's a deal you have planned your marriage and your marriage has not come from god and you you are more likely to find issues but here is what i would do if i was you i would encourage that man or that guy as you say to come to church and uh, leave him in the hands of ministers you would have done your part forget about him you have no relationship with him don't accept him to get into your private inbox that means whatsapp and stuff calls that's completely out consider him a soul that you have won to the lord if indeed he comes 
and he sticks in the church. But if he's a seed of God, he will indeed believe. And he can truly be changed. And your, and your pastor, if you come to church here, I'll give you an opinion of him after a little while. Indeed, we ought to know that. But uh, if he's not and intending to catch you and then snatch you away or leave the Lord, we can also find out. If he's meant for you, he will be for you. No need to worry. Right now, what you should be worried about is winning a soul to the Lord. Don't even think about marriage because you can't think about marriage with an unbeliever. Have I answered that appropriately? It is possible for you to lead someone to the Lord who will be your husband or wife, by the way. It is not that we are saying it is impossible. It is very much possible. But that person has to be genuine. You see, who knows that they are genuine? Ah, don't tell me that spiritual men cannot design between a sheep and a goat. <laughs> we can be able to see that. And that's why a pastor is placed there for such things like that. Another question, how do you know your future partner? I've already answered that. Have I not? Have I not, church? If I haven't said no, then I will answer it. Have I not? If I have, say amen. amen. All right. Did someone say no? I think I've answered that. It's what we spent more of the time on. God bless you, pastor. Is it right for a youth to have a girl? <laughs> uh, this one, is be, he, he, the way he's asking, he doesn't want me to know whether he's a boy or a girl. But uh, by the handwriting, I can think he's a, a boy. Is it right for a youth to have a girl or boyfriend? I think I've also answered this, but I will emphasize on this. When you say a girlfriend or boyfriend, in the world, that means someone you can do private things together. Is that correct? Yes. What are the private things? Hugging and kissing and spending time together, right? Private time together. That is almost like someone who is in your courtship or in a courtship with you. So that is out of bounds for believers. We do not do such things. That's dating. And believers don't date. So that is to have a girlfriend. Is my girlfriend? Is my boyfriend? No, 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 no. We don't do that. If you do, yes. Everybody has friends that are not the same gender, even myself. That, you see, that shouldn't even be a question. It is human to have friends not of the same gender. Is it not human? That's why I don't believe in these things of, uh, of uh, single schools. I think it's not good. Uh, because it uh, makes uh, 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 boys not express themselves properly and girls not express themselves properly. I think it's good for them to go in a mixed school. Um, but um, whereby it becomes a question, it means it is meaning something else. You get the point. So because if he's a friend who is a girl, I think you know a limitation. You know? You must have something that connects you with anybody that you are friends with. Not so. Whether it's a boy or a girl, you must have a connection. So the question is, what is your connection? Books. Ah, no problem. If it is a books, it is no problem. Huh? For example, I'll give you an example here. Uh, shame, stand up, stand up. Favor, stand up. Here are two young people that go to the same school. Uh, Favor was ministered to by shame. I've never heard that. Do you have a relationship going on? Are you planning to get married? <laughs> you get the point. 
I don't know of any relationship going on between them. It is purely books. And even when I go to school, I will find them studying together at school, in public. No private affairs. You get the point. Others do it at school. Hey, wait a moment. I may be telling lies. Sister, are you at the same school? What I said, is it true or there is something else? There is nothing. Uh-huh. Uh, God, God has done it that there was someone else. You get the point. So it is possible to have a friend when there is no ulterior motives. But if you decide later on to marry your friend who is a, a believer, what is wrong with that? But now when you make a friend who is not a believer, then there is a problem. Huh? It's a problem to have a friend who is not a believer because what if you like them and then eventually you want to marry them? <laughs> I used to have a friend. Oh, that girl was called Jane. Eh? She was, we were, we were having, we were, <laughs> is there a Jane here? <laughs> we were having normal friendship, nothing attached. But eventually I developed feelings and I thought I would marry her. And I, I had already believed now about one or two years. So I told my pastor, is it possible to marry an unbeliever? He said, No. <laughs> I felt so bad because we had received an attachment. So you see, you should be careful about those things. Kubanga, you are a human being and you have feelings, right? Okay. Um, don't worry, my wife knows about Jane. She will not crucify me. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is why it is good to tell them these things before you get married. Because after, after they hear it, you, if she was hearing it for the first time, I would have had a tough time at home today. <laughs> <laughs> All right, another question here. Is it right for a believer, girl and boy, to be so close to one another? No, it is not. Under no circumstances should you be so close because so close means danger. You cannot put fire and, uh, and, uh, and what is this? Butter together, my dear. You will cause problems. Butter and fire can coexist, but not so close. Uh-huh, another question. Since gifts like seeing visions, prophesying, are without repentance, should we call um, like some of the non-believers with these gifts to prophesy and see visions for us? For us? I am the one who added that, but I think she meant for us. No. I, I, I believe, like you said, gifts and callings are without repentance. A man can have a gift, but he himself go to hell. Did you know that? But also, the Bible says that uh, when the blind, the blind lead the blind, both of them fall into the ditch. If I were you, I would desire to have a real born again man of God to minister to me. And if he had no gift at all, I would just still trust in the word of inspiration that God will give him for my life. I would not rely and direct and lead my life on the basis of gifts and visions. Because many times, those things could be of God, but also could be from the devil. And another thing is, these people, when they are not born again, it means they have no fear of God. They can add anything. I've seen people who are even drunkards, but with these gifts. Yes, it is true. Possible. So, you don't trust those things because um, it can be wrong, and sometimes it can be right, and sometimes it could be right, and then they add other things on top of it. So, you want to trust a real... Uh, ministry that will mature your life, not gifts. You want to trust gifts that are coming in the right channel of God. Uh, are there no gifts in the house of God? That's why we should desire for the things of God. If there are gifts among us, then uh, uh, God 
can speak through us. And I believe the, in this church we have gift. We have people who see visions. We have people who dream dreams. We have people who tell prophecies. We have people who speak tongues. We have people who interpret tongues. So we are not in lack of gifts. And I don't see the relevancy of this question. And if you feel that um, there are these people who go around selling gifts. I saw them in a theater. They pray with you. They prophesy, 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 prophesy. And then they, uh, some, uh, something. And then you'll give them. Are they here in Uganda? Yeah. You prophesy, 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 speak to you. And the, the things will always be positive, by the way. <laughs> and then after, you'll give money. It is a, they call it about what of a profit, about whatever. But those things, we should not be found in such, um, in such traps. Because it can easily mislead you. All right. Why do I feel that God doesn't answer my prayers? Uh, you feel that God is not answering your prayers. You, should, you, you might have a reason why you feel that way. Maybe because your prayers are not coming to pass. I'll direct you to the scripture which says that uh, your prayers are not answered because maybe you pray amiss. How do you pray amiss? You do not pray according to the will of God. It's just like a married man praying, God, may you give me a wife. God will not answer that prayer. But because you're praying amiss. But also, you may pray wrongly. You may not pray correctly. What is praying correctly? You must pray according to the heart of God, according to the desire and the will of God. And the will of God is found in the word of God. The word is the basis for prayer. If you do not know the word, you cannot pray according to the will of God. But if you know the will of God, you know the word of God, then you are going to pray according to the inspiration that you have received from the word of God. And God will always answer such prayers. I have an example of Daniel. When Daniel read the book of the prophet and he found the will of God for Israel, then he went to prayer. And when he went to prayer, God came by an angel and spoke to him and guided him how he should pray. So God should guide you how to pray. And your prayers will always be answered. Okay. Can one have the Holy Ghost and be not sure? No. If you have the Holy Spirit, you will be sure. If you are not sure, it's a clear sign. Either you are not well taught or you do not have the Holy Spirit. Because... Another way of answering this question is, uh, how many here have ever had a child? Get the microphone. Pass it to Sister Martha. I want to ask a question. Uh, make sure it is on. Uh, uh, Sister Martha, how many children do you have? Pastor, I have four children. Four children. Um, is it possible for you to have them and not know? No, it's not possible. Uh, what about... You know that you have them that they are yours, but how sure uh, uh, is it possible for you that you delivered them by yourself and they were not given to you by adoption, but you delivered them and then you forgot that you delivered? Is it possible? It's not possible. Why? Because I know them when I was giving birth to them and they have grown in my hands. And uh, the, the labor ward, were you in the labor ward? Yes, I was in the labor ward. You remember how each child treated you? Yes, sir. You had an experience on, with each child? Yes. God bless you. So, you see, when you are having the Holy Ghost, it's like childbirth. It's new birth. It's like childbirth. You will remember when you received him. You remember how. You remember what experience you had. And you remember what happened to you afterwards. So you see, it is an experience. I've talked on this before, but I can take it further in other teachings in the church if you, you, you will. Whoever asks this question, if you're not satisfied, come to me. And then I can be able to guide you further. Okay, another question here. Can someone, okay, on this question, some people say, Brother Barnum said that you receive the Holy Spirit without sensation. How many have read that quote? 
Uh -huh. So now it means that when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes in quietly and you will never know. I'll tell you this. The Holy Spirit is not emotion, but the Holy Spirit is emotional. Do you understand that? Okay. A child is not emotion, but a child will never be received without emotion. When a child, during childbirth and labor, there will be all sorts of things. It will be a mess. Blood everywhere, water, this and that, and some other stuff I don't want to talk about. It will be a mess sometimes. But then out of that comes the child himself. You see, some, some people can even have all that mess and still they, they, they deliver a stillborn child and the child will be dead. They will come out with all the mess but without a child. So, it's a blessing when you go there, you get the mess, you get the mess and then you get your child. But now, people who are teaching us that we should not have a mess, that one is not even in the script. Why? Because as much as whether your child is dead or not, the mess will be there if indeed you were pregnant. Now, when you receive the word of God, it will impregnate your soul. Impregnate your soul. You will stay under the altar. Revelation after revelation striking your heart. What, I will, what will happen after? You will receive an experience. There will be a mess sometime. You know, we've seen it here sometimes. People, you know, shouting and falling down and, uh, you know, having all sorts of tears and the shouting and everything, which they did not plan to do which they were not faking. It was real. Now, does it mean they have received the Holy Spirit? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Because it may be a mess, but when they've just been anointed on their spirit, you know, when you're anointed on your spirit, you can even speak in tongues and rejoice and shout. But how do we know you have received the Holy Spirit, the life afterwards, the fruit area? If the, that area of the fruit is missing, then that means you don't have the Holy Spirit. But when the fruit... To those of you who want to know the fruit area, put for them the scripture in the book of Galatians. The fruit of the spirits are joy, love, peace, other things. So when you see those things in your life after the experience, not before, after the experience, then you will know indeed you have the Holy Spirit. Things that you did not used to do, you now do them. Things you used, not, uh, you used to do, you no longer do them. It's the life of Jesus Christ in you. But you cannot receive it quietly. It comes in with emotion. But it, itself, it is quiet. It is God who comes on your heart. He comes in slowly. And he comes in without a fuss. He's gentle. But the Bible said the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. You see, he comes in so, slowly. Just like that child. When that child is born, after all the hassle and the mess, then he's born silently. But then afterwards, what happens? What happens? Crying comes out. If the child doesn't cry, that child is stillborn, is dead. And there are many believers who are stillborn. No experience at all. No crying at all. Hey, I don't like such a church. I'm so thankful that our church is not so cold like that. We must be on fire. Where you are hearing, hallelujah, amen, shouting here, clapping hands here, jumping here, running around here. No problem. We want those things. But some churches, when people do like that, you will be, eh, what's happening? When you hear someone, someone say, hallelujah, what is happening? You see, because you are not used to that dynamics. But you see, when, if you want to see there is life in the church, there will be those dynamics. It will be in the church to show you that there is life. The child will cry out. And if, they doesn't, if he doesn't cry out, sometimes you have to beat him a bit. 
So that's why Brother Barnum says that the, the church sometimes needs a gospel spanking. Bah! You spank them with the gospel and it bring that cry out. Hallelujah. All right. I think I've answered that one now. Can someone who has Bacchus lead be baptized again? Like someone who has been doing ungodly things like having boyfriends, boy lovers, like at school, dancing dunkers. Ah, This one is very tough. Ah, What can that person do in order for him to, for him or her, live a perfect godly life? Very good question. I take this question with all seriousness and I understand that it means much to you. But um, to begin with, uh, I've talked about the matter of boyfriends. I've talked about boy lovers. Now, this matter of boy lovers and boyfriends, I don't know if there is a difference. But I hope you mean that the boyfriends and the boy lovers both fall in the same category. Otherwise, you would not have mentioned boyfriends. But now you are trying to say that you have boyfriends. After that, then you have boy lovers. So you have them in phases. And then you, you go at dankes. Dankes, I think you mean... Uh, you mean uh, dances at school in, in disco. By the way, those discos they arrange at school, believers should not be a part of them. Uh, they used to make them, but I never attended them. <laughs> one time I went to one. And when I went and I arrived there like this, I was going to enter. And something came and hit me. <laughs> it was the stench of all the people who were dancing. <gasps> I felt like vomiting. I ran out. I never went even close. When they are dancing, I go very far in the dormitory there. So let me tell you, I don't know people who go to those dances, how they are able to bear that stench. I really don't know. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. You, do you know? So, younger people, don't go to those kind of dances. It has wrong spirits that it puts in your spirit. And then you, 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 you begin to become statue to the word of God and you know, you, you begin to feel cold and you, you no longer desire the things of God, you know, because it... So you don't want to be close to those kind of things. Um, so the question is, do you need to be baptized again? You don't, you don't need to be baptized again if you were baptized already in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because once Jesus gives you salvation, he gives it to you once and for all. He doesn't take it away. And if you receive the Spirit of God... Still, he doesn't take him, him away. But what happens is the joy of your salvation will go. David uh, uh, speaks of that in the book of uh, uh, Psalms, chapter 51. He says, when he had sinned, he had gone with a woman who was not hers and killed her husband. And uh, he had committed murder and adultery. And he wanted God to forgive him. He prayed like this. He said, uh, said uh, creating me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. And he says, take not away your Holy Spirit from me. Meaning he still had the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes, just like salvation, he abides. He doesn't ever go. But the joy of salvation will go. So, you need to restore that relationship with Jesus Christ in prayer, in consecration, in fasting, and God will give it back to you. All right. Uh, we are advancing, we are advancing. Don't you worry. Are we tired? Okay, then we can push on. Can a believer wear clothes having labels like Dio? Is that, what is this? Did I pronounce that properly? Dio, Drew, and many others. Dio, is it called Dio? Dio, Dior. Ah, 
pronounces, pronunciations are different. Uh, Drew, let me ask you, what does Dio mean? Huh? Huh? What does Dio mean? Yes. It means the devil is our ruler. Devil is our ruler. Ah. Yes. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with you, but every brand has a meaning. For example, uh, added, uh, for example, Toyota is a brand. It is someone's name. That is behind Toyota, we know, is a person, and that's why they call it Toyota. And there are other brands that are also having a meaning behind it, either openly or secretly. So now, Dio, is it someone's name, or does it mean exactly what the sister said and it's secret? So most people concur here that it means devil is our ruler. All right. And then uh, Drew means what? Huh? Devil rules everywhere. <laughs> These young people are killing me today. Uh, what, what, are, what are you saying, brother? Hey. It's their brands. That is? Basachi. Vasachi. It means what? Huh? Eh, I can't even understand those things. Uh, here is what I want to say on this matter. Uh, and probably someone who has asked this question, it's a question in their minds maybe because of what we have heard here. It, is, it may be true or it may be false that they have a bad meaning like we are hearing. People may come up with the, these words and they may be actually right or they may be wrong. But the fact is, uh, the Bible says, stay away or shun from every appearance of evil. It may not be evil, but if it appears as evil, stay away from it. Don't be anywhere close to it. Stay away from it. Um, if it's a brand, and, uh, and also receive the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit, you know, you see the, these people, they are now making everything. For example, even socks. The other day I was, you know, somewhere, and uh, I, I, I saw a man wearing a socks with a rainbow. And someone told me um, uh, that you see that socks means that, that that person is a homosexual. I said, What? How do you know that? I was about to tell you it's beautiful. I would want to buy it. So in other words, you see, but uh, people know a lot of things that are secret or they are open or they are not known. But when you have the Holy Spirit, he will lead you. He will guide you to all truth. And, and in some of these things, you may want to buy a dress, but something in you tells you, mm -mm, leave that one. Or a shirt or a t-shirt. And you just leave it. You don't know even why. Always follow that leading of the Spirit of God. And if something has a question about it, stay away from, stay far from it. Okay, what can a believer do in order for him or her to live a pure life without listening to secular music, 
though he or she is living where people listen to it. The Bible says we are in the world, but we are not of the world. If you are in a place, maybe your neighbors are playing worldly music, and uh, you have power to tell them to reduce or stop, you can do that. Uh, but if I were you, you are a younger person. I am sure if you don't want it, you know how to. For example, you can get earphones that will blind or block your ears from hearing what others are hearing and you will hear something else. Is that not true? You can devise means of keeping yourself sane, spiritually sane, in an insane situation. <laughs> I believe that that is what you would do. Otherwise, you don't want to say, Oh, don't do that. You see? And then you begin also dancing. When I go to church, I will repent. After all, everybody is now, you know, my family. What, am I going to, 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 to distance myself from my family? Let us dance. And then when I go to church, I will repent. That is hypocrisy. Try to live your, your Christian life no matter where you are in whichever situation. What kind of, what, uh, kind of friends can a believer, I think, believer, what kind of friends can a believer have? I think that's the question. Can someone answer this question? What kind of believer can a, uh, what kind of friends can a believer have? Any young person, there's a reason why I want it to be answered this way. Who has an answer to this one? Raise up your hand so I can give you the microphone. Yes, give it to the sister over there. What kind of friends can I believe I have? Productive friends. Who, who, wait, wait, explain more. Who are productive friends? Both spiritually and physically. God bless you. Friends that are, are helping you to progress in both spiritual things and physical life. Now you are going to have a friend who is going to tell you to try cigarettes. Eh? Or you are going to have a friend who will uh, uh, tell you to do something that is uh, against the word of God and you are saying, after all, he's my friend. Some friends you have to disassociate yourself from them to cut that friendship, to, to, to remove yourself from them. Or else, when some, certain things happen, you don't say God will understand when you are the one who has caused them. So, make yourself friends of people who are going to add value on your life. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Friends that will add value. I think I was reading a quote here not long ago, and Brother Barnum said that, um, uh, how many remember that? Uh, he said something on the line of, um, I think associate yourself with people who believe, who are believing, like you are believing. For example, if you are believing to be a rich man. Don't associate yourself with poor people. Eh? You will be poor. I'm telling you. Because poor people talk poor things. Every time they are crying on how poor they are, how bad the situation is, how bad you know, this happened. So you will find yourself in the same talk. That's why me, when people talk like that, I either keep quiet or move away because I don't want to be defiled. <laughs> you understand? When people begin to talk about uh, things that uh, lift up Satan, you know, you see, some people make uh, the gospel hard, they do this and that. Uh -uh. I stay away from such people. So it's right for you to associate yourself with the people who are helping you to move in the right direction in your life. Can you say amen to that? Amen. All right. We have another question here. Why do white people, why do white believers debt when they are still young? 
yet it is not okay to do it here. I think this is the question I was meaning. Um, I hope you meant courting to marry. I hope you did not mean dating because no believer dates. Or I mean no believer goes in the way of the world of dating. All believers court in order for them to get into a marriage union. Whether they are white or old. But I think you are meaning why do white believers marry young? Is that the question? Uh, and yet we don't do it here. I don't think that we don't do it here. It's you who doesn't want to do it here. Uh, Brother Sam, how old are you? Do you mind telling us your age? 23. You are not married. Who refused you to get married? Is there anyone who refused you? You see, it is your choice. Me, I'm 32 now. At 21, I, at 19, I decided to get married. <laughs> I'm in Uganda. So don't say we don't do it here. We do it here. That is if you have purpose and a vision and you desire it, you plan for it, you pray for it, you believe for it, and you pursue it, and you will attain it. So, and I, as your pastor, will encourage you. I don't want to encourage lazy people who don't want to work, who don't want to go to school, who are good for nothing, and they are, they are saying they are going to get married. How will you take care of someone who's not? But I should also say it is a bit difficult in Africa because uh, of our livelihood and means of income and jobs and lack of them and... But with the children of God, we live in another economy. If you, are de if you desired something, God will not remove it away from you. He will give it to you if you desire it with all your heart. So you see, if you desire it, God will grant it to you. And he gave an example here. For example, going out with each other, having meals together, and more. I think he's trying to say in some circles, there is restrictions. Oh, when you are, uh, you are, you are courting, you can't go out for a meal together. You can't... Uh, 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 Brother, come here. You, you are in courtship. Come and help us to understand this. Uh, yes, you have finished courtship. You are in, still in courtship. You are at the climax of it. You, you, are, you have now engaged. Have you ever taken half for a meal or for something nice or ice cream or just something nice? Have you ever had that moment with him? Yes, Pastor. Have you had that? So, what, who told you we don't do it here? Eh? I don't know which doctrine you are hearing from. God bless you. But as far as we are concerned here, we do it. We do it. But ours should be in the light. Okay? Amen? Yeah, so that one is answered. Okay, can someone with the Holy Ghost watch a football match when he enjoys football? Hallelujah! <laughs> I want to... <laughs> I, I want to, uh, to believe either you, you don't have the Holy Ghost or you have the Holy Ghost. One of the two. But um, let me say, if you have the Holy Ghost, he will lead you into all truth. Okay? I've met brothers who say it's not wrong to watch football, but it is wrong to watch movies. And um, I've met others. I, I asked the question, Why? And I was told because movies are from Hollywood and Brother Banham condemned Hollywood. But he never condemned football. Okay, so then uh, why is it wrong then to watch movies when it is acted by non-believers and then it is right to watch football that is acted by non-believers and they almost these days do the same thing 
in those things like it is in movies. Is it correct? Some of them even weird and even worse in football. Because there is a spirit behind ev every one of these activities. And we don't want to be as saying that uh, football is a sin. I'm not one of those people that preach that football is a sin. Or watching videos is a sin. I don't believe that either. I believe that whatever we watch, uh, whether for entertainment or for nourishment or for relaxing or for free time, should be uh, not against our Christian principles. If it is, stay away from it. If it is not, then the Holy Spirit will lead you on one by one what you should do and not do. Myself, I don't know about enjoying football. I've never enjoyed football, so I don't know really. I, I can't talk about that. I don't know. I don't understand. I've never enjoyed football. So if someone enjoys football, maybe they would want to answer that question. Anybody here who enjoys football? Come and answer. Come and answer. Huh? You enjoy playing, you enjoy watching. You enjoy watching. Come and tell us about that enjoyment. I've never understood it. <laughs> Come. <laughs> huh? The brother is not ready to stand for his words. So, but as far as I'm concerned, I will say this on this statement, what I can understand. That uh, when you are a Christian and you come to the Lord, you will have a lot of things that you will be interested in before you come to the Lord. A lot of desires you will have. For instance, others will, love, will have a, as a passion to go for table tennis. Others football. Others volleyball. Others a lot of things of recreation. Like pool. Chess. Cards. Um, there are many, many things, you know. Uh, uh, watching Hollywood movies and things like that. But when you come to Jesus Christ, slowly by slowly, he begins, well, that's why they call it uh, brainwashing. Because he begins to tune and fine-tune your mind and desires to something else. There's a brother I spoke to in, um, from the U.S., a young man. They were visiting here. And he told me he was a great lover of football. Great lover. Well, of course, not knowing, not knowing that football in itself is not a seed and there is no problem with watching football or playing football. And so he was a great love of football. And then, you see, he, he, he realized that thing was getting a hold of him. You know, whenever the, the, you know, they're scoring a goal, ah, he's getting crazy, they're banging the wall holes, yeah, you know. And then he was listening to the sermon of Brother Barnum one time and he, he had Brother Barnum say, if the thing is getting a hold of you, get rid of it. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to him. Isn't this getting really a hold of you? And he, from that moment, he began distancing himself from it. Now, it was an experience he had with the Holy Spirit. And I believe whoever asked this question, to begin with, you need to receive the Holy Spirit. And then he will guide you on some of these individual things, especially things that are not written in the Bible. Or Brother Barnum doesn't have an expert thing about it. Because I know here in Africa, Many churches and preachers are opposed to football as if it is a sin. I, for one, do not believe football is a sin. But I believe that if you come to the Lord and you really are filled with the Holy Ghost, that your desires will not be on things below. It will be on things above. Uh, you know, you will, uh, your appetites will change. How, how many have you ever seen a pregnant woman? Their appetite changes. You see, that's what I want to say on that. 
You find people watching football, walking at night, going to watch football. I believe that uh, if you are a born-again son of God, you will have different appetites. Yes. Why didn't you give her a microphone? There are some people streaming and they would want to hear the question. Because me, I used to watch those football matches. And after, okay, I was used to betting, eh? I could put that in my mind and after thinking that I'm going to get more. But they told, they told me that, brother, I told me that it is, it okay. is bad. Okay, then comes these things connected to football cards and other things. Now, that one is outrightly a sin. Because I believe betting is a sin. Christians don't bet. Um, the, it's scriptural, it's biblical. I don't have time to go into all the scriptures, but if you want it, you will come and, and see me. I'll give you the scriptures. And so, but football in itself is no sin. But those things attached to it, no. Uh, you know, you find, you find uh, a lot of things attached to these things. Um, and in the church age book, Brother Barnum also says the people of the world, when they are watching football, their football matches, they are so what? Excise, excited and enthused about it, and they shout. But for us, but for us, who are children of God, when we are in church and hearing the word of God, we also get excited and shout like they do when they're watching their football matches. And then they don't like us for shouting and yet they, they want themselves to shout. You get the point? When I, when, when I read that, I felt like, ah, oh, so theirs, ours, theirs, ours. What is our team? Our team is the scoring team, and that is the team of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I, I believe that we should be focused on that and, and not, the, not the latter. All right. Could you please elaborate one Brother Barnum's prophecies? Who asked this question? Because I need you to elaborate on your question. Please. It's a good question. Yeah. Give him a microphone. Let him, let him uh, keep that microphone on so that... Uh, I meant, I meant, could you please what? Elaborate on Rabbanam's prophecies that he had. What do you mean? You want me to tell you the prophecies he had, he gave? Yes. You don't know any? I, I know, I know. But I'm not so. Uh, you know, I need to understand your question because I want to understand the magnitude of it. Do you want me to tell you all the prophecies Brother Banam gave? Or you've. What's the background of your question? Okay, let me give an example of a prophecy of this American woman. Eh. And who is on the, on the camera? Can't this camera turn? Yes. Giving an example of, a, of this American woman. Mm -hmm. not, I, really, okay, I just see how people are talking, but I'm, I don't know really about it. Oh, uh, the vice president of the U.S.? Yes. Ah, okay. So, Brother Barnum gave seven prophecies that, uh, for, in 19, 1933, and they say that these prophecies will come to pass before the end. All of them. Seven prophecies. And almost all of them have come to pass except for, I think, about one, which is um, the destruction of the U.S. by Russia. And uh, also, all the others, I think, have all come to pass. One of them was that America will have a, a woman president or a vice president. And remember, this was before America 
allowed women to vote. Can you imagine that? And he would see a woman being a vice president or a president, meaning a woman of influence in America. And he even foretold how she would be dressed. <laughs> and it happened exactly. And so this is, that was just one of the prophecies. He also foretold about um, Mussolini invading um, uh, Ethiopia, and it also came to pass, and many other prophecies. I think if you come to me, I'll give you a full list of them. There are many other prophecies that he has told, and uh, they have all come to pass. Okay. What is suffering, and how do you know that you are a victim? Hmm. This is a difficult one now for me. Because I can tell you what suffering is, but again, you cannot know what suffering is unless you experience it. Um, who, has, who has ever gone through suffering and they defeated it and they have a testimony and can explain to us what suffering is, please? Anybody? Ah, all of you have never gone through suffering. Yes. You, you have? God bless you. Uh, last time I went to school for those past months, a few months, I joined late, so I had uh, to suffer. <laughs> that, you know, when I was joining, uh, the director told me, so Dixon, you're going to suffer locally. <laughs> Why? Why? These people had already, the, the curriculum I did that the certificate had changed. The BTEC changes every five years, so it, has, it had changed. So what I did was meaning nothing. Eh? So I had to do an extra, a big, eh? a big work. Hmm? So I had to do like 10 units in that period of time. And these people that I, I was with, they were doing only three units. Eh? So. You see now, this teacher needs his assessment. The other one, like five teachers, eh? need the assessment. One person within a, a few time, and I used to come here on weekends. Hmm? I don't have time to do assessment, so I used to suffer in that way. But I thank God it, it has all come to the end that I finished all. were a victim of suffering and a kind of uh, look at that so uh, this brother is um, saying that he suffered at school and uh, suffering can be, I think, to me, like the, yours was physical suffering or mental suffering. You can have mental suffering, physical suffering, spiritual suffering. Uh, when you are being tormented or when you are going through a difficult time or when you are poor. Sometimes when you are poor, you have no money. You are going to suffer financially. How many have suffered financially before? You have no food. You have no transport. You have no uh, money to pay bills. Some of you have no money to pay rent and you are suffering terribly. You don't have anyone to ask money from and you are suffering. Suffering comes in many forms. Sometimes you can be with someone who is abusing you mentally, physically, or spiritually in many ways. And you see these things will make you suffer in many different ways. So suffering 
you know when you are a victim, surely you know when you are a victim. And I think uh, that one answers that. But God delivers from every suffering. Amen. All right. We continue on here. You know I am a youth, right? Ah, this is the one I was telling you about. You know I am a youth, right? There are some temptations and sometimes you fall for them because you know no one's looking at you. How can you resist? Receive the Holy Spirit. When you receive the Holy Spirit, he will be with you at all times. He abides in you, by the way. The Holy Spirit is the only solution for this answer. The, by the way, to some of you who have not Holy Spirit or who have never had experience, find it. You, you will get it. Find it. When you receive the Holy Spirit, you know. And when it happens to you, you will realize you have a secret power to be able to overcome the temptations you've been going through. And you'll be able to resist because he gives you what we would call self-control. I am someone... Uh, can someone leave Brother Burnham and go with the Bible? Mm. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah again. Amen. That's a good question. Can someone leave Brother Burnham and go with the Bible? Now, I don't know what you meant, but I don't believe that anybody is going with Brother Burnham to begin with. Who is going with Brother Burnham here? Some people are now shocked. Pastor, what do you mean? Who said I don't believe Brother Burnham is Malachi 4? Who said I don't believe Brother Burnham is the prophet? Who said I don't believe that Brother Burnham has revealed all the mysteries of the Bible? But let me ask you a question. Did Brother Burnham come to Liu to Brother Burnham? Yes? Sister, Brother Burnham came to lead you to Brother Burnham. Brother Burnham came to lead you to who? Actually, I've never found any message of any other man. You find every message. The message of Billy Graham, Oro Roberts, even some of the, our preachers here, like Kakande, Kayanja, Grace Rebecca, and others. All their messages is pointing to themselves. I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. But the message of Brother Burnham has pointed people to Jesus Christ. And that's why I follow it with all my heart. And there is no way you can understand the Bible fully without believing the message of Brother Burnham. Maybe if your question was, can I leave the message of Brother Burnham and go with the Bible? How possible is it? Let me put it to a test. Come here, brother. Stand right here with your microphone. Right there on the platform. I, I, I want to put this to a test. Can you leave Brother Burnham, Brother Burnham's message and go with the Bible? I don't care what your answer will be, yes or no. I want to ask you a question. Are you baptized? Can you speak through the microphone? Yes, I'm baptized. Um, in what name? Lord Jesus Christ. How did you know that? Before you heard about the message of Brother Burnham, were you baptized like that? No. No? Ah. Do you believe in one God? Yes. What is his name? Lord Jesus Christ. So, did you know that before the message of Brother Burnham? No. No. Oh. Uh -huh. So, Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden had an apple. <laughs> did they have an apple? 
Did they eat an apple? Yes or no? No. No. Uh -huh. What actually was done? They had sex. <laughs> so typical an answer from a young man. It was adultery, right? Okay. They had adultery. She had adultery. That was the original sin. How did you know that? Did you know that before the message of Brother Barnum? No. No. Ah. Uh -huh. What else then do you know about the Bible? You believe in the rapture? Yes. Uh, who is going to go in the rapture? Me. <laughs> Did you know that before the message of Brother Barnum came to you? I was in the process. <laughs> you were in process. You were not sure. <laughs> so can I say, because of the message of Brother Barnum, you became sure? Yes. And you are sure you are not going to be left. Yes. You are 100% sure. Yes. Because of the message of Brother Barnum. Yes. So then tell me, can you put the message of Brother Barnum aside and still go to the Bible? No. Now, if you say you will, you are lying because the message of Brother Barnum has already brought you to the truth. Do you understand that, that illustration? So anybody who will say they are leaving Brother Barnum's message, they are lying. If they're living by the Barnum's message, they should leave all the revelations behind. And if you leave all the revelations behind, you are leaving the Bible. <laughs> the message and the Bible is one. Amen? Praise God. Let me now quickly try to sum up here. How can a friend, how can a gifted believer live? For example, if they are gifted with dancing. Ha! <laughs> can they, okay, can they dance traditional dances, e.g., Mbaga dance, mbalu, rakaraka, maganda, twenge, twenge, twenge dance, twenge. What is twenge? What is twenge dance? Okay, we have known it is a culture dance. If they are gifted in such a dancing and in message churches, we do less dancing. Ah, now let me tell you. Culture is not bad as long as it does not clash with the word. But the moment culture clashes with the word, then it becomes bad. I've seen most of these people when they are going to dance, they begin by painting themselves like um, these. How do they call them? <laughs> How do we call the? Whether they're dancing Kadodi or they are doing Imbalu or they are doing whatever, you know, they, 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 they paint themselves like um, Brother Banam used the word. What is it? Heathens. Now, what we call heathens, we Christians, what we call heathens is our traditions. Did you know that? Did you know that? Heathenism is our traditions. I've been to Karamoja. In Karamoja, culturally, they cut themselves, culturally, as a sign of beauty and maturity, different kind of cuttings. Yeah? Now, when you were a Karamajong and you were a warrior, you even do some paintings and you put some things to scare your, you know, to look like a warrior. And you dress a certain way. But the moment they believe, those are the first things they change because they are believers. But naturally, Karamajong dance by jumping. You've seen some of... Uh, is there any brother from Karamajong here? Karamaja? 
not today. We have several of them in the church. You see, they jump. They jump. Eh? Uh, Brother Solomon knows how they jump like how the Karamajong brothers jump. They jump so high until they almost hit the roof. Culturally, they dance like that. When they are, when they are dancing, when they are going to hunt, or when they are going to you know, kill certain things or whatever. Now, even believers, when they believed, they left everything, but they never left that kind of jumping because it doesn't clash with the message, does it? Now, you find some of the dances which are very sexual. Okay, in some traditions, you find them. Sincerely, it is not calmly for a believer to do that, is it? They are, they are, they, they, they act weird. There are certain things believers don't do because they act weird. But if something does not clash with it, when I went to Ethiopia, the, the Ethiopian people are very cultural people. Very cultural. Very cultural. It's the country in, in Africa that is more cultural than any other because they were never colonized. Now, in going to Ethiopia, I found these brothers, they, they have many cultures. They are dancing. They are way of greeting. You know, they hug each other. Even boys and girls, they hug and kiss, you know. So you find a sister kissing. Uh, and, then, uh, and, and then they also give grusha. You know grusha? Feeding, using the hands to your mouth. You see? If someone is close to you or they are your friend, like these questions you have been asking, if someone is my friend, even if it's a boy or girl, hey, that's what they do. They feed on the mouth. They don't use a fork or a spoon. Hands, bare hands. Feed you and then push it there. So you see, now, when the first, the first time I was being grushad, I had to sweat. Thank God my wife was there. But it was a very tough time. Because these are people you want to preach to. They have not yet understood the truth. And if you refuse the grusha, it is almost like refusing them. And how can they accept what you have? <laughs> That's why it is good to go on those mission trips with your wife or with a brother. It's not good to go, to go alone. Brother, go with someone. And so you see, um, but, some, but we had to bring it down to them and teach them. Some of the things of the cultures, they had to leave them. Like, you know, hugging, you know, because we have been taught by, the, by our prophet that, uh, you know, hugging as long as you are a man, as long as you are a man and you have blood in your, in your body, you cannot hug a woman and you remain the same. Is that a man? That's the truth. You cannot hang a woman and remain the same because the blood, that blood in you will begin going at a very fast rate and before you know it, something may happen. You will not remain the same, Brother Dixon. Don't hug a sister. You see? That's why we don't hug sisters. Now, for them, they were hugging. I had to show them that quote and I told them, you see, because uh, we're in the CBT, brethren, and that's why uh, our prophet taught us that. And when you do it, you, you're fine. I've seen some people who have told me, Pastor, I fell in sin because I was hugging sisters. I was hugging them and then eventually, yes, it has happened. And that's why we should follow what we are taught. And uh, we shall be fine. So some of these cultural dances are not bad and others are bad. How are you going to differentiate them? If you have the spirit of God in you, he will keep you away from some of those. First of all, the way they dress, the costumes they use, and, uh, you know, other things, they are completely hidden. And you want to stay away from those kind of things. Uh, if you have a gift of dancing, certainly 
it's a gift of dancing. Use it like David used it in the, in the Church of the Living God. I can tell whoever, ask, whoever asked this question, you have, not, you have not expressed your gift here in the church yet, and we need you. Whoever you are, come out. Come out? Not now, don't worry. I'm saying, whoever you are, come out, see me. We shall, we, we, we shall encourage you to dance here in the church. We believe in dancing, do we? We believe in dancing, do we? So, we believe in dancing in the church. Don't say we don't dance so much. We dance, and we believe in dancing. But not like the Pentecostals. Into, ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, uh, you know, uh, no, you don't dance for God like that. I don't believe David was even dancing like that. And then they have all dressed those of party. Babita party. No, no, no. I don't believe that, that, that you can dance like that for the Lord. Okay. I have another question here. Is it okay to dance? Ah, I didn't even know that this was uh, connected. Is it okay to dance during family functions like graduations, introductions, and weddings? How many say it is okay? Say yes. How many say it is not? Say no. Ah, is it okay to dance? What is a what is a wedding? <coughs> Excuse me. What is a wedding without joy? What is a wedding without dancing? What is a wedding without singing? What is a wedding without eating? You get the point. But still, the question is, what kind of dancing? You are not going to bring worldly dancing on a wedding because you are now having a wedding. Now you have even forgotten you are a believer. You will say, I will be a believer on Sunday morning, but for now, I, I am on a wedding. I should dance. <laughs> How can you do that? You are a believer and you should dance like a believer. Show some difference between you and the world. You need to come to weddings in Ethiopia. Oh, people. They shook the whole. Uh, 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 f religious fraternity there. They dance, but their dances are spiritual. Hey, very good dances. Dance. One day we were dancing on a wedding of one of the people. Dancing. You know, they, even they come together like that and they begin dancing. They begin rejoicing, you know, like that. And, uh, you know, they dance like this. They dance like this. They dance like this. Then they begin jumping. And now, uh, one person came in. So sister, sister, I love sister Yodid. She called me and said, see, see this one. This one is bringing worldly dances here. Now, if you are new in Ethiopia, you will be like, what is she talking about? Because both of them, like, are they not worldly? But the difference, they know the difference even among their own people. Because the other one, we are dancing kind of good dances that are not, you know, while we are Amazina, Agarabi Kanga Gobusegu, Banangi, Sichidu Fabulganda. Kati Amazina Ago, eh? Umutnaja, Nagatekamula, Nga again Dungo, eh? You are a believer, you are coming to dance like that because you are on a wedding. You can't do that. There is a wrong spirit in you. You have not yet received the Holy Spirit. You see? And if you have the Holy Spirit, you cannot do that. Whether it is on a family, whether it is on, a, on your wedding, on a believer's wedding, even the songs you listen to or you play on your wedding, you people who are going to marry, let me tell you, you should show others the kind of things you believe. Bring God on your wedding. When you lift God on your wedding, God will lift you in your life and in your marriage. But if you leave the world and you please them, God will leave you alone. All right. Is it wrong for a black person to marry a white person? Ha! Who is this one that wants to marry a white person? Let me see you. 
You see, you are not wanting to be seen. Should I also say that you should come to me privately so I can first know who you are and your intentions? So then I will answer you privately. Okay. Why was sin made? Why were, why were we punished for Adam and Eve's mistake or crime? No. Uh, we are not being punished for Adam's mistake or crime in one way and in one way we are. But um, you need to understand that we were born in sin. And of course, why was sin made? Because, because they believed not the word of God. So they did not believe. And because they did not believe, that became sin. And because that became sin, uh, and they gave birth to children according to the way of sin. Because you see, we were not supposed to be born in the way we are born according to the last of the flesh. We were supposed to be born according to the will of God. How? By the word of God. By the spoken word of God. And God has now restarted the whole thing by Jesus Christ. And he called Jesus Christ the firstborn of all creation. Now, Jesus, when he was born, he started a new creation. Which creation now is born properly? Is born properly. And anybody who is born according to the old birth, they need to be born again. When you are born again, what happens? When you are born again, you are no longer bound by sin. You are above sin. And uh, you cannot be punished for the sin of Adam because Jesus Christ removed it. Praise God. How do you know your purpose in life? That one is a very big one depending on who is asking and what they are intending to know. But I can tell you what. I've been preaching on this many, many times here. The way to know the purpose, your purpose in life is to know the will of God for your life. If the moment you know the will of God for your life, you love God with all your heart, you receive the Holy Spirit, then the Holy Spirit will begin to lead you, direct your path, show you things that you must do, show you even what you must take as your purpose in life. Uh, uh, and some of you, you know, God will lead you into a career path. He will lead you into what to do, who to marry, what to do. And then you will focus. If someone has purpose in life, you will see them, they will be different. They will be different. They will do things differently. I would call some young men here, but I will not. Out of not others feeling that I'm not recognizing them. But I know a few young men here who have purpose in life. If you have purpose in life, you are not going to be lazy. You're not going to be uh, found rumoring, you know, doing this and that. In other, busy in other men's matters, you are going to be focused on what you want to pursue. And I can tell you what, you cannot have purpose in life until you receive the Holy Spirit. Until you truly receive God in your heart, he will give you purpose in life. Um, how does one resist? I don't know this. What is desperacy? Does desperacy mean, mean anything to you? Oh, how does one resist to be desperate? It's just like you asking me, how can you resist being a human being? Desperation is part of, human, of being a human being. As a matter of fact, desperation is a good thing. By the Banham preached a sermon on desperation. Go and listen to it. Uh, let me see. Is it, uh, what was it titled? 
Was it desperation? Did it title it desperation? Yeah, desperations. 1963. Go and listen to it. And you will know why you should be desperate. And how you should be desperate. And how desperation can help you. Who is a believer exactly? Oh. This is a good one. Some of these questions, I can really spend much time on them. But because I'm tired and time is fast spent and I want to over delay, I'm now beginning to quickly answer them. Who is a believer exactly? Can someone answer this one? Kindly, if you know the answer, come out and answer it. No, no one. No, not you. You, you have answered many times. Can a sister? All of you don't know who a believer is. Hi. Do we have a believer in this house? Ah, okay. Who are you? Give someone a microphone for them to tell us who they are. There's a sister right behind there. She has an answer. On your, on your left. On your left. <laughs> Brother, on your left. <laughs> sister, who is a believer exactly? A believer is someone who is filled with the Holy Spirit. God bless you. And that answers the question. Do we believe that? Do we believe that? And you can't be filled with the Holy Spirit unless you believe the word. Every word of God. Then of course you get to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Does it mean people from other churches are not believers? Ha! These questions are all connected. I thought it is not a church that makes you a believer. All right. Now listen carefully. I'll spend a little time on this one. It is true uh, you people, I thought you were tired. You are not tired. You keep bringing in more questions. Okay. Listen. Does it mean f f people from other churches are not be believers? I thought it is not a church that makes a believer. It is true. It is not a church that makes a believer. But a believer belongs to a church. Are you following me? A believer belongs to a church, a church that preaches the truth. So, is every church a believer's church? Please answer me. Every church where, even in the Catholic church, a Bible is read. In the Anglican, only in the mosques, in the mosques they don't read Bibles. But there are many Bible, churches that read the Bible, but they are actually not believers of it. When Jesus Christ came, he found uh, the Sadducees and Pharisees and he told them, he called them, uh, you children of snakes, serpents. He said, he said you, are, you are of your father, the devil. And, and the, the, the works of your father you do. Why? Because they did not believe him. Yet they believed in Moses and they thought they were following Moses. So in other words, a believer is not a believer because he's called a believer. You can call yourself full gospel church, but the question is, do you believe the full gospel? You may call yourself full gospel, but even when you don't baptize in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to begin with, you're not a believer. Because a believer begins with accepting Christ as your personal savior. Not so. What happens after accepting? Baptism. Not so. Mark 16. Go in the world, preach the gospel to every one that believeth, and is baptized. Everybody who believes and is baptized shall be. So if you are not baptized correctly, you are not a believer to begin with. So now, 
you can go on narrowing it down. Uh-huh. Baptized like how? According to how the apostles did it. Baptizing an adult who has heard, who has accepted, who has confessed, and who has you know, accepted Jesus as their Savior. Then you baptize them in much water in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And then their sin, your sins are washed away. You receive the Holy Ghost. Now you can say you are a believer. So now, it doesn't matter which church you go to. If you don't have that basic, it's the basic truth. If you don't have that, you're not even having a right to call yourself a believer. You're a believer of what now? A believer of what? A believer is a believer of something. <laughs> not a believer by name, but a believer of something. I hope that is answered appropriately. Why does God give us everything we need and always there is and always there for us and yet some people don't really believe and are not Christians? I didn't even know that these questions were going one after the other. It's good for them to go that way. Some people will always not believe. There is a, a scripture which says, what if some did not believe? Any belief cannot hinder God. The word of God is the word of God. Whether some don't believe or they believe, Still, God is God and God will accomplish his will in his people. And I'm happy that I believe. So why does God give us everything we need and always there for us and yet some people don't really believe? They are not going to believe some of them because they are serpent seed. And others may not believe because it is not yet revealed to them. It may be revealed to them later. So don't quickly say you are serpent seed. I've, I've, I've seen people who do that. You preach to someone, another kid is that no, no, you are serpent seed. Don't do that. It's only God who knows those who are His. You, you don't know. The person you are calling serpent seed today, you may find them in the rapture. When later on, someone preached to them, you see? So, and they believed without your knowledge. God will bring His. It may not be by you, it may be by somebody else. But His own will all come through. And some will not believe because they are serpent seed, period. What will happen to babies of believers in the rapture? Wow. What will happen to babies of believers in the rapture? The babies of believers, what do you mean exactly? Huh? The unborn babies? Or the babies who are already born? Or both? Ah, yes. Mm. A microphone. Who has the microphone? That only those who will go to rapture have the Holy Spirit. But now the babies don't have, like, the Holy Spirit. They be young. Mm -hmm. I think that's, I'm just thinking that's maybe what that person meant. In this case, your question should be what will happen to babies. doesn't have to be of believers. Because being a baby of believer doesn't make you a believer. Right? But I'll say this. The secret is this. It's a scripture. That God knoweth those that are his. We don't go to heaven because of, of believing or because of baptism or because of anything we do. Is that Amen. I just preached this morning. We are accepted because we were chosen in him before the foundation of the world. You see? So, whoever you were here before the foundation of the world, you will be. Nothing can stop it. And in the rapture, there's not going to be a baby. It will all be 
young adults. Even there will not be an old man. It will all be young adults. 17, 18, 19. Around there. Who is 19 years? We are all going to be your age. Hallelujah. Yeah, in your youth. We are all going to be youth. Even me, I will be younger. Ha, my God. The rapture is a wonderful thing. So because we will all turn younger. No old man, no baby, no young. We will all be young forever. Youth in our good, good age. So you see, the rapture is a wonderful thing. And all those who are meant to be there will be there. But when you come to your age of accountability and you hear, if you were meant to be there, you will accept. If you refuse, it is a sign you will not be there. All right. Another question here. In the book of Genesis, why did God say, let us create man in our image? Who was God? And who was God with? To mean the our image. Now this is a very good theological question which might take me time to answer and I'm not going to take time to answer it. I'm going to give a very short answer. If you if you are not uh, if you are not uh, if you are not satisfied then you will see me afterwards then I will clarify. Anybody who has asked a question you are not satisfied please see me afterwards and then we can take it on from there. Okay. In the book of Genesis, why did God say, so why did God say, let us, so who are the us? Brother Barnum says it many, many times here, and I, I may want to read something, but because of time, uh, but uh, in one point, he says that uh, we were attributes with him. Uh, uh, God dwelling with his own attributes. How many is God? How many is God? One. But is he one like your finger? One like your finger? No. So what does that mean? God is a plural. God is more than enough. God is much, yet he's one. He's one in his nature. He's one in his essence. He's one, but yet he's more than enough. Not more than one, but more than enough. So within him were attributes, and you were in him. Even Jesus Christ was in him, because it was the logos that went out of him. So you see, the, this is God with his attributes. So whoever answered, asked this question, you must be Theological, theologically proper and I'm sure you might you, you have caught something out of that and if you want a longer answer please come meet me I'll, I'll go there are some questions I've not uh, sufficiently answered and I'm putting them on this side uh, believing that whoever has asked them will come and then we can go a little deeper with them okay all right so I'm, I'm almost I'm almost through Total obedience to the, to the total word entitles you to the token. How different is receiving the Holy Ghost? I, I don't think I understand. Let me see. How different is receiving the Holy Spirit in services, prayer, and by the token? Does anybody understand that question? And can you clarify for me, please? Yes? Who asked this question? 
Um, can you clarify? Can you give him a microphone? What the question is asking about is uh, the prophet said total obedience to the word entitles you to the token. That's true. Now, uh, what about the instance where somebody is praying and he receives? Maybe someone where somebody does what? Maybe they are preaching the word and somebody receives the Holy Spirit. Yes. Maybe we are in worship, somebody receives yes. the Holy Spirit. How different is that from receiving the token, which the prophet was meaning in that which there is, In my understanding, there is no difference. The token is the Holy Spirit. Is that not so? Because in the message of the token, then he says that uh, this is a token. He gives the example of... Uh, Someone that uh, has a token and like a bus, a bus token, like a bus receipt that uh, you need to give in order to be accepted on the bus. So he says that now for, for you in order to go in the rapture, you need a token. You need to have that token with you. And the token is the Holy Spirit. You know it is tied and typed together with the virgins. The virgins needed to have the Holy Spirit in order to go with the bridegroom. Because there is where he says you can receive the Holy Spirit and still you go to hell with it. And, and still? And still you go to hell with it. Yes, yes. But that is in no way saying receiving the Holy Spirit in your soul. Now, I, I want you to understand this, people. There is a, a difference between receiving the Holy Spirit in your soul, and I think I was dealing with you on that, and being anointed with the Holy Spirit on your spirit. There are, two, there are three things. Number one, God creates a, a, a new heart in you. Number two, he fills you with a... I, I wish I had time to explain on them. Let me just get, throw more light. God, the first thing that God does when you come to him and you hear the word, and uh, he, he, he gives you a new heart. Because we are born with the, the kind of rocky, hard hearts. Whereby when the word of God comes, we are hard. We don't want to believe it. We are like, mm, 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 mm. So now, when the word of God comes, we don't accept it. Nothing happens. But the first thing the Holy Spirit does, when he, he comes, he gives you a new heart. Now, it's not another body's heart. It's not God's heart. He just gives you a new heart. He renews your heart. He gives you a brand new heart. Are you following me? Now, we might say, you have received the Holy Spirit. But actually... You've just accepted Jesus as your savior and he gave you a new heart which will cause you to repent. Last time I talked about a conviction of heart. Conviction comes from, uh, please follow me closely here now. Conviction comes from what? Conviction comes from, um, um, from he being, hearing the word and the, when you hear the word then you are convinced by what? By the spirit because it says when he the spirit of truth, when the spirit of truth shall come, what does he do? He will convince you of truth. What is convincing? Convicting you of truth. So now you will be pierced in your heart and like the, them on the day of Pentecost, they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? So what is it? It's the working of the Holy Spirit. He has convicted you to believe. He will change your heart and you will receive a new heart. Now, what is that? It is the Holy Spirit. But does it mean you are sealed? You have received the token? You, you are ready for the rap? No. You can still go to hell with that as much as you have believed, but it's the beginning. And then, after that, now you receive every word of God. 
He will bring more word. More word. You receive all that word. You will accept all that word. Now, when you totally believe all that word, what will happen? There is a second work that God will do in you by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is, he will give you a new spirit. Now, what's a new spirit? Each of us has a spirit. And each of our spirit has five doors. Five doors. Just like our body has five doors. What are the doors to the body? Number one. To see on the, through the eyes, to smell through the nose, to hear through the ears, to taste through the tongue, and to touch by the hands. Now, all those are, are, are gates or doors to the body. But then there is also gates and doors to the spirit. Conscious, memory, uh, you know, and others. Uh, uh, imaginations, affection. Now, all these doors, you see, naturally speaking, you are born with that animalistic nature. You are born like an animal. You don't have regard for God, even for yourself. As a matter of fact, many people, they feel anger, jealousy. Hey, what else? What else? Malice. What else? Hatred. Huh? Huh? Pride. Yeah. What is that? It is not in your heart, but it is in your spirit. You don't like others. You are proud. You are, you know, those kind of things. Uh, when you are in the church and the word of God comes down so heavy, you're like, mm, uh, let the others say amen, but as, as far as I'm concerned. You see, you know, because your spirit is so proud and you are, even when you believe it, you, you, you will be like, yeah, yeah, it's all right. But now, when God gives you a new, a new spirit, brother, Brother Barnum says, the new spirit will easily connect with the Holy Spirit. Brother Sam, do you know that what that means? When the spirit of God comes in a service, notice, people who have a new spirit will easily be excitable. When they receive the, the new spirit and, and, and the word of God comes on that, ah, they will just you know, be excitable. They will shout. They will you know, speak in tongues easily. The, the gifts of the spirit will even operate in, in them. If they have a gift naturally, it will operate in them through easily. It, they, they will easily say amen. They will accept the word of God and they, they will move and they will be moved by the spirit of God. Why? Because they have a new spirit. Now, many people receive that, a new spirit, and they think they have received the Holy Spirit. And even with that, you can still go to hell because you've not yet been sealed. So that's what Brother Banner meant. But when you come to the third and last level, this is all in the scriptures. You receive now the Holy Spirit in your soul. Because it says, I'll give you, I'll give you a new heart, I'll give you a new spirit, and then I'll give you my spirit. Now, this, the, when you, before you go to the, spirit, the Holy Spirit, when you see someone who has a new spirit, they are so good. Have you ever spoken to someone? Oh, you say, it's very friendly. Very calm, very nice. And then all of a sudden you find out they were Christians. They may not be believers of the message, but they were Christians because they, they had a very soft and kind and welcoming spirit. How many know what I'm talking about? Very few? You know what I'm talking about, right? That kind of spirit. So when God gives you a new spirit, it is not the Holy Spirit. It is your spirit, but a new one. Because the old one <laughs> was very difficult, even for yourself. Now he gives you a new one. 
nolekera okubagana nabantu nobera ngo yagala buli omuno bera gwe kugamba ngo oli muntu mulunji nga ekigamba cha kanabwe kijja okulukuta nacho now when you receive the holy spirit that one it is god himself coming into your heart to seal you and when he seals you he abides he remains there he stays there until when the day of your redemption that one is not the token it, you go through with it it you cannot it cannot be removed from you until you go into the rapture i hope i've answered that properly is that answered is that answered or what part remained Sorry? All right. Um, I know we can explain it more, read more quotes, but uh, if maybe I can take a service on it pro probably, and uh, if you feel that it's not sufficiently answered for you, we can meet privately, or I can take a service on it and then clarify more. All right. Is it okay for a gifted believer in singing to sing in a school choir or educational songs. I don't find a problem with that as long as what you're singing is not satanic or does not praise and worship the devil. I know of a scenario, God bless you, I know of a scenario where a sister was called blindly to go and visit a boy who was an unbeliever. And she did not know the intention of the visit. When she reached there, the boy wanted to be in affairs with her. And because she was scared of what would happen in case she refused, she decided to accept. Thank God it never happened because the boy immediately became impotent. But my question is, what if that it had happened? Was it going to be called a mistake or fornication? Now, this last question is not necessary. Reason being, if you are a sister and you are virtuous, you've kept yourself, and uh, you don't have intentions of going into immorality, and even a man wants to rape you, God can't permit it to happen. Try it. I know what I'm talking about. I've had very many testimonies to know that this is true. And you yourself, who has asked this, you have given, given another example of this same thing I'm talking about. Who made that man impotent? <laughs> think it was by coincidence? Or you think the man was impotent? It was God that happened. Now, how about in scenarios where believers were raped? You will find in many circumstances, even those who tell you they were raped, brothers, if you are going to get married and the sister tell you they were raped, think twice. In many circumstances, they wanted it to happen. I've seen it in many circumstances that they were overpowered and they themselves wanted it to happen. But if you indeed do not want it to happen, God knows you are in a weak place and God will fight for you. He cannot let it happen to you if you do not want it. I've heard of a scenario where in a bush somewhere, a boy comes and is, he, he, he comes and deceives this sister, gives her um, soda, they drink soda, they drink soda, and they drink soda. 
Sister says, I want to go. I want to go. Brother is saying, no, take more soda. And the brother is taking his very slowly. Very slowly. The sister finishes hers in 10 minutes because she wants to go home quickly. But the brother finishes his soda in one hour. So by the time the brother finishes his sword, I says, wait for me, wait for me, I finish. It is already night time. And he says, now it is time for us to go. And um, by the time he says it is time for us to go, it is night and dark. And the only person that she knows is this brother. And this brother has to escort her first. He says, let me take you. So while they are going in the, in the, in the bush there, <laughs> in the thickets, on the path where they were, they were walking, you know the villagers, how they can be. The brother turns into a monster. Say, sister, sister, now I'm saying this. The sister says, brother, what is wrong with you? I thought you were a believer. Ah, what are you talking about? You know, I want... And right in, in, in that scenario, you know, in that place, right at that place, the sister, they fight, they fight, knock each other. The sister did not say, after all, there's no one to fight for me. Let me just accept because... Eh, Sister, if, we, if she accepted, it would happen. But she said, I will not accept. She began calling, God, fight for me. God, fight for me. And then, uh, while she's also fighting, um, bam! then she hits the brother. The brother gets knocked off and he falls to the ground. And the place where he fell, there was a snake waiting. So the snake wraps itself in the brother. And the brother begins shouting, ah, help, help, help. And while he's crying, help, the sister takes off. <laughs> So that one did not, was not stricken with the spirit of impotence, but God fought for her by sending a snake. I've heard many stories of men coming to rape sisters and, and they can't do anything. We serve a living God. So sister, don't say I will tell my husband I, I was raped. No, we don't believe in those stories unless he believes in it. Not, not worry, me, I'm married already. Um... But if it happened to you, tell, her, tell him the truth. If he truly loves you, he will believe it. He will believe it. Amen. All right. Um, what do you say about this cultural thing of women pulling? Who, who asked this one? Of women pulling. Uh, uh, the words continue, but I'm going to stop there. Uh, is it right for girls to do it? Now, I do not believe that that is right to do it. I think in English we call it genital mutilation or whatever it is. I, 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 I don't believe it is right for you to alter the way God has created you. Just like I don't believe makeup is good or earrings is good. Because all these things alter the way God has created you, you know. So, just to stay natural. And that is, believers shouldn't be hard doing anything like that. It is not spiritual. <laughs> it is against nature. It is unnatural. It is unnatural. And it is meant to bring unnatural affection. All right. Another question here. God bless you, brothers, in Jesus Christ. Name. My question is, is this teenage, in this teenage life, when someone was still living in a worldly life and ends up receiving the, the revelation already having a child with an unbeliever. Sometimes it affects me because I stand with the word but I try to tell her about the message but she continually pretends. 
Do we, do we understand that portion? What, what does it mean? In this teenage life, when someone was still living in, in, a, word, in a worldly life and ends up receiving the revelation already having a child with an unbeliever. So is this a brother? Okay. A brother having a child with an unbeliever? Okay. Sometimes it affects me because I stand uh, with the word, but I tried to tell her who is the her. The mother of the girl about the message. But she continually pretends and wants to hurt. And what hurts me is I'm the mother and father because her mother died. Now I'm confused here. I'm the mother and father because her mother died. And she no longer stays with any of her relatives because oh the mother and father of this girl died so this boy is the mother and father of the of the girl with whom he has the child okay so it says and um, she no longer stays with any of her relatives because uh, they are not financially well good enough I supported her and she went abroad for work but she changed. She changed uh, even behaving more immorally than she was. What hurts is she takes the message for granted. Already my father has a question mark with her because of behaviors and my father is a believer. So now in my heart sometimes is is uh, so in my heart, sometimes, uh, you have to forgive me, the handwriting is quite difficult to read. Uh, sometimes is I hear a voice to me saying, never marry an unbeliever. As, <laughs> uh, but you're married already. As long as you have a child with her. Never marry. Sometimes I hear a voice saying to me, never marry an unbeliever. As long as you have a child with her. Or meaning even if you have a child with her. Does that mean that? So I'm very confused. Whether I look at my child. I be like I wish her mother. Knows where God brought her. She would have let the world. She would not have let the world. The worldly things to go. She would have let the worldly things to go. So pastor. I've been mentally confused. Number one. This is good that I've read it here. To those of you who are planning to marry an unbeliever, you see where you can go. You will be confused. This is a testimony. And uh, I've spoken to two people, three people today like that. So please, don't go that area. Be very patient in finding a good Christian that you should marry. Once you do the mistake, it's going to be a thorn that will unfortunately pierce you all your life. And uh, there is nothing I, as your pastor, can do about it. And for you who is asking this question, I'm asking that you meet me uh, in private because I have questions to ask before I guide you on what to do. So God bless you. Let us start on our feet.
Hallelujah. How men are happy. Amen. And to those of you, the one who asked, is it wrong for a black person to marry a white person? What I can speak publicly here is that our prophet has taught us what would a black person want to marry a white person for? For what? Why would you want to mix races? You or we are a flower garden. A flower garden of God. God has black, red, yellow, pink. Keep it the way it is. Keep it natural. If you mix it, then you don't get black, you don't get white, you get mulatto children mixed. No race. So your child will be white or black. So you see, it doesn't bother you, but it will bother your children. And you don't want that to happen to your children. You find that uh, there is also differences in culture. If there are differences in culture here in our country, how about when you are crossing even races? So you need to be slow on those things and, and focus on your race. Focus on your culture, focus on your race. That will save you a lot of trouble. That is all I can say. And to you who asked this question, uh, on the part of wrong, on the part of wrong, really, uh, I, I don't know whether I can take that biblically and say it is wrong. There are many things that are not wrong biblically, but everything that is not wrong does not mean that we should do it. We have to think it through, pray it through, and find the will of God for what we ought to do. Praise God. So I think it's been a fruitful time. I said what is on my heart. Is there anybody else with something that you want to say? Nobody. So it's, it's a good, it's a good. Let the musicians come, we sing one song, and then we, we, close, we close with a word of prayer. I would want a young man to, to come here, Brother Samuel. Brother Samuel, I will invite you to come and pray after we have sung these songs, just to close for us. Amen. After a while. I'd like us to sing, I won't cross Jordan alone. First of all, we'll sing that, and then we'll sing another one, and then I'll invite the brother. When I come, I think that is a bit high for me. I, I, I've lost my voice. When I come to the river at the ending of day, someone help me sing. When the last winds of sorrow have blown, there will be somebody waiting to show me the way. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. Sing with me now, I won't have. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. Jesus died all my sins to Atone. When the darkness I see, He will be waiting for me. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. Often times I'm forsaken. And weary and sad When it seems that all my friends have all gone There is one thought that cheers me And makes my heart glad 
I won't have to cross Jordan alone. Sing it now. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. Jesus died all my sins to atone. When the darkness, when the darkness, I see He'll be waiting for me. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. Though the billows, though the billows of sorrow. And trouble may sweep Christ the Savior will care for his own You believe that church? Amen Till the end of the journey My soul he will keep I won't have to cross Jordan I won't have, I won't have to cross Jordan alone. Jesus died. Jesus died all my sins to atone. When the darkness, when the darkness, I see. He'll be waiting for me. I won't have to cross Jordan alone. I just wanted to say that with all my heart, I love each and every one of you. And I'm praying and desiring that each of you young people will be able to get to a place where you will be married, responsible, because you are the generation of tomorrow, you are the families of tomorrow, you are the church, the preachers of tomorrow, the mothers of tomorrow, the presidents of tomorrow, you are the next generation. And I pray that God will have to keep you and keep you sane and keep you true to himself and you'll be able to trust in him and trust in his loving grace for you and serve him with all that is in you is my desire. Grant it, Lord. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy. Is that your prayer now? Pray it with all your heart. Try it and do with thanksgiving. To be a living, <laughs> granted, Lord, sanctuary. Oh, pray it once more to Him now. Lord, prepare. Yes, to be a 
praise I just want you to close your eyes and believe it say Lord prepare me I want to be a sanctuary it's brother some first time to stand on the pulpit but I wanted to pray for him that God will put words in his mouth to pray by inspiration which will move the heart of God amen Thank you so much for the blessings that you have endured this evening. Dear Lord, we have heard a lot, more so even we didn't know about. Dear Lord, we continue to surrender into your presence. We surrender into your hands, dear Lord. I know many of us here are not yet there where you need us to be. It is our process, we understand. Dear Lord, we surrender. We believe in you. We love you so much. And we pray for the Holy Spirit to come into our lives. To speak to us more and more. To show us the way. To show us and lead us to that place. Dear Lord, some of us didn't get the opportunity to write the questions and maybe not be answered, but we trust in you, dear Lord. We pray that you send us the Holy Spirit to talk to us and answer the questions. We pray that you send us the Holy Spirit to guide us and show us the answers to the questions that we have in our hearts, dear Lord. We thank you so much for this environment, for this kind of preaching. It adds unto our lives. Dear Lord, as the young people in this building stand up to you, we continue to surrender ourselves. Dear Lord, as we are going to move out from this place, we pray for the Holy Spirit to guide us, to protect us as we move out and lead us back on Wednesday. We thank you so much, Jesus Christ. Amen. Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary. Just for one or two times, let us sing that together. Pure and holy, tried and true, true with us. 
I'll be a-leaving Sanctuary, sanctuary For me, for you, for One last time tell him now, Lord A sanctuary, oh, pure and holy, tried and true, oh, with us to be a living, I want to be a living sanctuary. Sanctuary for with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving. Oh, I'll be a sanctuary for you, Lord. God bless you. Thank you so much for your patience and uh, for your coming and being here and attending. Uh, may God bless you and may he count it for you. Count it on you. Tell your neighbor God bless you. Thank you for coming. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, is Sister